Welcome to the Raging Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Dixon, Kai Zabo, and Taylor McIntyre. What's up, you turkeys? <laughs> and welcome back to another episode of Raging Takes. I am your host, Kai the Commissioner Zabo. Today's date, May 20th, 2023. And I'm here with my co-host, Dylan Peters and Taylor Mac McIntyre. How are we doing today, guys? Very excited for today's show. Glad to have Dylan back on. Oh, glad to be here. Like always, you guys are uh, so much fun. Well, yeah, thank you again, Dylan, for <laughs> filling in for our normal host, Brian Dixon, who is enjoying a very well-deserved vacation in Maui, Hawaii. Oh, that's that's incredible. I've seen... I've yet to see the pictures he promised me, though. He he posted some of them today in the group chat. You may you may want to go take a look at that. Yeah, it looks beautiful mm, out there. Not those pictures. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, anyways, yeah, yeah, good for him. I'm glad he's out there. You know, having a good time in Hawaii. You know, I'm jealous. I am very jealous as well. I've been to Hawaii once. Granted, it was Oahu, but either way, amazing vacation. I recommend it at least once to everybody. I'll take that advice, you know? I'm going to get my ass out to Hawaii here pretty soon. Yeah. Is it like Mexico? I like Mexico. I I would say it's a little bit better than Mexico. Much uh, water is a lot clearer out there for sure. And it's an an island as well. Yeah, it's an island, yeah. Mexico is not. Where you're, we could be like one big island if you think about it. That's true. We're all one big island if you really think about it. Wow, that's very deep. Um, it is. <laughs> okay, uh, this is a very odd start to this podcast, and I love it. No, no, it's called it's called breaking the ice. This this is very normal to do. But anyways, we got a fun episode lined up for you guys today. Uh, we're going to be doing our very first way too early fantasy football mock draft which w- will be towards the end of our show but to start off the show we're going to start off with some mlb news um this first bit of news isn't technically mlb but it does involve a major league baseball player so san diego becomes the 30th major league soccer expansion team will debut in 2025 and padres star manny machado is an owner Cool. I mean, I, yeah, that's pretty cool. Also, the MLS has just been rolling with twenty nine teams, like a bunch of psychos. <laughs> that is pretty. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't like odd numbers. No, it's we're very weird, especially for many reasons: playoff seedings, etc. Yeah, sports, playoff seedings, yeah, etc. But yeah, I'm a big Manny Machado fan. He is now dipping his toes into being an owner of a franchise. I don't know if he's part time owner, majority owner. Mac, do you know the specifics? It's a minority owner for sure, but still, I mean, dipping his toes in the sand, you know? Yeah. I mean, uh, San Diego needs more types of teams of all sorts. You know, all they have is the Padres, so. Dude, and also, like, what a great city for, you know, an outdoor sport. You know, just amazing weather. I I have a feeling a lot of people are going to like playing in San Diego, a lot of players, you know. Would have been really cool if they had a football team, huh? Oh, you would think that that would be an amazing spot for a football squad. Uh, All right. Yeah. Wonder if it'll ever happen. Basketball, too? Huh. Mm. 
But yeah, a uh, little side note though too. Uh, Manny Machado recently was put on the IL. Um, I think uh, he got hit in the hand by a uh, by a pitch. Right? Am I correct? You are correct. Unfortunately. Yeah. So I don't know how severe the injury is, but it, he was obviously put on what was it, the 15 day IL. Yeah, it's a hairline fracture. So he's Ouch. decided to take some time away because. There's no point of him being on the roster when he can't do the, anything. So, yeah, very unfortunate for the Padres right now, who are very much struggling in this uh, first quarter of the season. Um, they are five games below .500, and there have been a few games recently where they have left their home field to loud booing. Boo birds are out. They're very uh, unsupportive of the current play that is happening on the field and i can't it's say I almost them. like san diego and i like the padres don't get me wrong it's almost like they forgot what it's like to not to be a subpar baseball team well i mean you know i mean yeah, all but, those years i mean Come they've on. been they've been pretty good the the last few years and then this year they mm. were so hyped to be something even more so i mean i totally get the frustration i mean this team does not look like a championship roster they have a lot of money in this offense and they look anything but what they uh what they're being paid well i mean it's just circumstances for the padres at this point i mean one of your starting pitchers goes down in the preseason um dropping weights on his feet or whatever it was and then you got Machado breaking his hand you got Tatis playing out of position I mean it's just seems it seems like a lot going on they have a lot of time to chill though baseball's a long season very true but yeah they need to get something going now I mean like even the I would say even the pitching has been somewhat decent I mean decent enough to win them games it's just the offense literally like most of the time just does not show up or helps their pitching out whatsoever I mean like you go like zero runs or even just struggle to get one run against a team like the Royals, like you know something's wrong. Well, I mean, even then, last year's postseason is as good as they were against the Dodgers and throughout the series in there. Like their offense is very much boomer bust, and it goes by innings too. I mean, like you you know seven runs in an inning, you know, make you feel excited, but some of those games were just like. Where's the production at for the whole game, you know? And oh, yeah. I think that's what is failing to click for the Padres. Well, I just I also think they're failing to play uh, small ball as well, too. I think they're really just trying to go all out there. I mean, me and Mac, we talk about the Padres all the time, but both of us being fans. And we've been noticing they leave a lot of guys on base, and they just don't get anything out of it. Mac, you got anything else to add here? Uh, yeah, so I can't remember the exact stat, but I believe it's, it is something crazy. I think it's around, I want to say almost triple digit innings, like 90 something innings since we have a hit with runners in scoring position. That is insane. The full on, like full on 10 games. Yeah, it's pretty, 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 pretty bad. Yeah, that's like something so pretty much when I really started following baseball as an adult, which is around 2015, 2016, we made some big signings. We got like a big time closer. Uh, We got Matt Kemp. We got some uh, of the brothers. I can't remember their names right now, but basically it's like got the same shades is we tried to pay a bunch of guys, tried to actually compete for once. And then we just 
came out exactly like how we are right now. Just can't hit clutch, can't hit at all. And then just we're kind of good at defense. And that's pretty much where the Padres are at currently. So it's ugh, tough. It is Real very tough. tough. I mean, I would argue that this team the on paper looks a lot better than the team that we had last year when we beat the Dodgers in the playoffs. But I don't know. It's just... Do you think that they're in their own heads too much at this moment? Like, do you think they're feeling the pressure? Oh, for sure. I mean, they, what was it two games ago or something like that? They had a players-only meeting that apparently went on for, like, over three hours, which is quite some time to get get all the angst out, whatever, you know, I'm sure everybody's upset with themselves. You know, hopefully it's not too much taken out on taking things out on each other. Um, Except Odor. Yeah, he's the least of our problems. He shouldn't be on the team at all. I don't know. I don't know about him. He he's an okay defender. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's really tough. I know. Uh, uh, we gotta. I would love to just bring somebody up and try him out, but I think they want to save the options of all the guys that we got that are promising. So I kind of. That's the thing about baseball. It's like the minor league system is a little strange. You know, like you have somebody really promising. You don't necessarily want to call them up right away. I don't know about that, you know. I mean, overall, I guess it is just a long season. I mean, I guess the Padres have probably like another few months to work out the kinks. But I mean, if if it continues to look like this before the All-Star break, I think it might be time to hit the panic button. Yep. Pretty much. But uh, yeah, if we don't have anything else to add on to the Padres, let's move on to our next bit of news. So the Philadelphia Phillies have not won a game since Bryce Harper got in that scuffle with the Colorado Rockies and called him a loser fucking organization. <laughs> did, uh, did anyone did anyone did anyone watch the clip? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like it's a meme right now in the little baseball community because the what's his name? Dinger, I think the Rockies uh, mascot. He's like perfectly in the background, like with hands on head is like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> what's happening? Did, did you watch the clip, Dylan? Um, I saw the clip one time. Yeah, I got to so- tell you, dude, it's so Bryce Hart. It's such a Vegas dude's thing to say, like, come on, dude. Yeah, Come on, we, all, dude. we all know you're on steroids, dude. We get it. He he God. grew up on uh he grew up on the east side too, so you know he's about that action. You know he's about that action, but he's scared to get it. You know what I mean? Like, oh uh, yeah, I, I no, I I kind of agree with you. Yeah, he's like uh he, he has that tough guy persona, but I don't actually think like he'll I don't actually think he'll fight when it comes down to it. Yeah, for sure. And he's he's, kind of, he's, 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 he's kind of like a he's kind of like a pretty boy to me. Yeah, that that guy definitely definitely strikes me as like the uh, uh, he's a two pump chump kind of guy. So I all, can imagine. All, all bark, no all bite, day, right? All day, all day. I just looked it up. He went to LVA, Las Vegas High School. Yeah. Wow. Something I didn't about. Even know that, I, didn't, I didn't even know they had sports. I believe he is just trying to get out of his academia as soon as possible to be able to play Major League Baseball. Hmm. His yeah. parents facilitated every single possible way. And he went to CSN. Yeah, get yeah. So he could technically be a college student and get drafted. It was well, it was a weird weird situation. I believe that's what happened. 
A few of my uh, regulars from work, uh, they're all they they all played like baseball in like high school and college and stuff, and they always uh, they talk about how they played with guys like Bryce Harper and Chris Bryant, like all the Vegas guys. So that was kind of interesting. They all kind of said, he's, "Yeah, he's definitely a hothead for sure." Um, I mean, this isn't nothing new from Bryce Harper either. He's been in so many incidents like this, and it's just kind of funny. He got very triggered by the Colorado Rockies pitcher like waving a glove at him and. Yeah, he just runs out and tries to fight the whole team. Thought that was kind of hilarious. Was, to be funny, fair funny to the thing, pitcher too, I think like Harper was the one chirping first. So I, I I would believe it for sure. Hey, dude, funny funny story. Chris Bryant, I went to sixth and seventh grade with that dude. That dude, really? That dude's a piece of shit. I'm just kidding. He's a cool piece guy. <laughs> I've always nice heard guy. he's a nice guy. Piece of fucking shit, dude. Scumbag. Um, both of. Them. No, I'm just playing. I'm just jealous of their athletic abilities. Right. All right. Well, fellas, do we have anything else to say about Mr. Uh, Harper here? Absolutely. Better be careful, dude. Better be careful because baseball is a fickle, fickle sport, and it only takes just a just a couple words to get cursed. Just a couple words. I mean, yeah. I mean, I would say that's pretty clear. Phillies have not won a game since that, and that was about uh, almost a week ago now, right? Uh yeah, so they're on a five game skid, I believe. So Okay. Yeah, so Bryce Harper has cursed the Phillies for now, so we'll see what comes out of that. Um here, Mac, lead us off on this next one, another former Padres player. Yes, this one brought many a smile and just great joy to me. Eric Hosmer <laughs> has been DFA'd from the Cubs, designated for assignment. They weren't paying him anything to play baseball for them. He was being paid by my our team, the Padres. And um, I think maybe a little bit the Red Sox, which he was with for the end of the season last year. This is crazy. I mean, he's a former champion. What was it? 2014 with the Royals, you know, World Series champ. Um, That's wow. You know, what a fall from grace for that guy. I I have quite a bit of ire against this man because he held up the trade when we, you know, we got Soto and everything like that with the Nationals. He was supposed to go along in that trade and he, you know, he had the no trade cause, which is fair. You know, you can all that's why you have those. Right. But because of that, we had to send along Luke Voigt, Mr. Chessmoss himself, who was a huge fan of just great vibes, you know, um, really miss that guy. So, yeah, get Ben Eric Hosmer. It's kind of funny that they're DFAing him, especially when they essentially have him for free this year, too. So I think that says a lot about his performance this year. So he had a 67 OPS. 67. You mean 067, correct? Yeah, 0. 0.67. Yeah, that is uh, unacceptable. Completely unacceptable. I know a few teams like to keep sub 200 hitters on the roster, and even I think that's a bad move. No, but... I'm not talking batting average. I'm talking OPS. Oh, OPS. That, okay. OPS is like for a standard good, like a good player has 800. Yikes. Yeah. That's pretty, 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 pretty bad. You know what That's is as bad? bad as it gets? They give you sixty five. He was showing up. He was below the Mendoza line at or around. Yeah. So he can't even run bases or anything. It seems like he's out to lunch. Oof. OPS is basically just getting on base. Yeah. So he can't even. He take, can't hit. He balls. can't run. Yeah. So. 
Oh, yeah. And the- this guy plays Major League Baseball, kind of. That's crazy. I could do the same thing. Don't miss that guy. Not at all. Well, back to AAA with him. Uh, let's just move <laughs> on to our next bit of news here. So uh, Liam Hendricks from the Chicago White Sox. Um, I'm trying to read this here. So I guess he has beaten stage four non-Hodgkin's lymphoma cancer uh, due to return to the Chicago White Sox soon. Since that time, he has provided lunch three times for the entire Charlotte Knights minor league staff and team, along with the opposing team. Nice that guy. That was a neat little tidbit. Yeah, I think that's always cool to see that kind of stuff because they don't, you know, until recently, they really didn't make much of anything at all down in the minor league system. So I think that kind of stuff goes a long way. You know, that he, he makes the big bucks and he's helping out, you know? Yeah, uh, is the Charlotte Knights, I'm guessing, is their minor league team. Yes, they're triple A team. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's a uh, very no, he's playing for he's playing for another organization's triple A team, actually. Yeah. Okay. He's just going I'm kidding. What the <laughs> Well I, I'm just listening to you talk, but yeah, we we, we love we love a good feel good story here. Yeah, I love I love the feel goods. I thought it was a neat little tidbit. Yeah, I mean, especially yeah. coming back from stage four cancer and you're still gonna play baseball, that's amazing. Andy's Australian. Cool. Is he? Mm. Yeah. Pretty neat. With a name like Liam. Liam. <laughs> Love it. All righty. Uh, moving on to the next bit of news here. So Yankees take three out of four against the Toronto Blue Jays. A couple of pitchers got tossed. And there was also that controversy just recently with Aaron Judge where apparently he was looking at the dugout and then hitting home runs. Yeah, so you guys remember the stuff with the Astros banging the yeah, trash yeah. can? So but, it's like kind of a similar, like, why is he looking over there? Blah, blah, blah. So just thought it was interesting. You know, these uh, these teams have been very outspoken against each other. Um, Vladdy Jr. has said he would never in his life, he would rather retire rather than play for the Yankees. Uh, things well, of that nature. Because they don't want to pay him $100 million a year or some shit like that. Come on now. Get out of here. No, it's uh, it has to do with his father, actually. He mm. got kind of, there was a contract situation back in the day, and he kind of got, you know, they were picking between two players, and they didn't pick his dad, but they had promised him the contract type of deal, something like that. And so he has, you know, some ill will against the Yankees, and he lets them hear about it. You know, I got to tell you, the whole Aaron Judge kind of glancing over at the dugout a couple times. I saw the clip. I saw some shit like that. I mean, you're up in the batter's box, and you yourself are using your own eyeballs to look at signs. I don't think that's cheating. If he was looking at signs, that's not cheating. You're using your own eyes. That's what they're there for, right? Who cares? Who cares? And also, it's he wasn't a part of the game. I agree. Yeah, it's a part of the game. But like when other people get involved and start doing things to communicate and make it a whole web of lies that's when it's okay that's when it's like okay dude stop you're cheating okay because now it's now you're like facilitating this but like get baseball yeah i don't know i mean just cover their mouth with the play sheet they cover the mouth with their play sheet so they can't read their lips from across the sidelines dude it's it's it's, the coat the the uh, manager for the blue jays even said like i'm not being careful you know i'm not trying to hide my signs blah 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 it's baseball. Well, also another thing I was noticing about that though, too, the pitcher that was throwing 
against uh, Aaron Judge at that at bat. Apparently, he was throwing a lot of sliders. So a lot of people were arguing that it almost seemed like kind of predictable what the pitcher was throwing at Aaron Judge, and he kind of just capitalized on that, though, too. But after hearing Judge talk about it, though, too, I don't know. I, I kind of just think he's a very class act. I don't think he would, like, purposely cheat or anything like that either. I think, think he's just that good, you know? No, yeah, yeah he's, he's, he's a guy. He's huge. If, if you hang a, uh, a breaking ball to Aaron Judge, he's going to punish it eventually. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, bring your girlfriend around to, you know, the fucking Mr. Steal Your Girl. He's going to steal your girl. Absolutely right. And Wait he absolutely up. will. Put. <laughs> Could be a great tight end in the NFL, too. Oh, for sure. Yeah, he's like six oh, foot seven. Yes. Yeah. Stud. Yeah, he's definitely uh, one of my only favorite Yankees, and I don't think I've ever said that before in my life. You're welcome, Brian. You are very welcome, Brian. He'd make a great judge, too. Yeah, probably. Oh, yeah. I can see him in robes. Very little powdered wig from back in the day. Yeah. Honorable Judge Judge, dude. Honorable Judge. (laughs) Judgey Judge. Judgey uh, Judge face. (laughs) He would definitely be the most intimidating judge I've ever seen. Instead of, the, gavel, of he a, he, instead of a gavel, he has a straight-up baseball bat. He slams on a table. <laughs> imagine, imagine that guy giving you a life sentence. Oh my gosh! You can't even like, argue. Yeah. Life. I'll take two. Also, he's the executioner too. He'll just hit you in the head. A little bonk for you. A little, a little bonk. <laughs> bonk. Uh, All right, moving stuff. on to our last bit of baseball news here. So the Tampa Bay Rays continue to remain to be the best team in baseball right now. They currently are thirty-three and thirteen, yep. and they, they have yeah. They also currently have the highest runs scored versus run allowed differential at plus one hundred and twenty-two, which is absolutely insane. They are just having a phenomenal season. I really love the Rays this year, and the fact that they are not paying a lot of money for their current bullpen right now just shows like how good their staff is at creating a good pitching bullpen. Man, they're incredible the way they do this money ball type of stuff. Like you said, it's they just they just figure it out before other people do. Like whatever it is that current year, they just come up with something that works for them. It's really amazing. Yeah, it's even more incredible for the fact when you think about a team like the Mets, who are currently, uh, so between Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer, they are spending more on just those two pitchers alone versus the entire Rays bullpen. That is absolutely oh, insane. My. Yeah. That's incredible. Strategies, you know? Difference in strategies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I got to tell you, um, the Rays are the best in baseball, all this other stuff. Uh, something's going around in, in major sports this year um like the boston bruins and the, the milwaukee bucks and so if i was tampa bay i'd try to stay humble you know they could oh, get knocked out first round so that is true actually I, I like that you brought that up yeah the boston bruins who were uh they had they broke the record for the most points and the most wins ever achieved in a regular season and only to get knocked out in the first round by an eight seed same thing also happened with the bucks against the heat because jimmy butler eight is seed. him yeah I'm telling you, and that's like, that's like, uh, it happens to a lot of teams, man. I've seen it. since I've been a sports fan, a lot of these teams, like the 07 Patriots, they were riding high on the hog, dude. They got punched in the mouth in that Super Bowl. They made it a lot farther than 
some of these other teams, but man. The 73 I, and 9 Warriors. Yeah, they got Mahomes. Got sure, yeah. And it's just like, I, I don't know, if I was a fan of the Rays, I would be very wary of being, of feeling like you're the best. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I definitely agree with that, yeah. But either way, though, I think they can still ride high for a minute. It is, it's still a long season. They still got like uh, yeah. more, more than half of the season left. But especially in the division that they're in right now where every team has a winning record, it is great to be on top by a significant amount for them. So Oh, for sure. They are definitely the best team in baseball. And there's no, I don't think there's a question of that at yeah. this point. They, they currently have the highest amount of home runs, too, as a team. So, yeah, good, good job for, to the Tampa Bay Rays. Keep it going. Keep it yep, going. Dodgers are hot on their heels, so don't let them catch up. I know, but yeah, please don't. Screw the Dodgers. <laughs> the Dodgers. We're all not right. biased at all. No. <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> no, no. Maybe, maybe a little bit, That's though. Impossible. That's impossible. <laughs> and it's, an, it's illegal for you to tell me that. Yeah. Okay. True. Fair. Okay. All right, so that about wraps up our MLB news. Let's move on to our NBA playoffs peaking. Oh, there are currently, yeah, yeah, this is the fun stuff right here. So we are currently in the conference finals for both conferences. Um, starting off, the Lakers are currently down 0-2 against the Nuggets. Uh, both games were tightly contested, insanely contested games, actually. Um both times the Lakers could have locked up the win and then the Nuggets just came roaring back just recently game two Jamal Murray for the Nuggets had oh, what was man. it 27 points in the fourth quarter oh 27 and that was like yeah it was like 23 in the fourth quarter it's absolutely yeah, it was 23 it was 24 in the fourth it was I don't think and I also think Jokic didn't even score in that fourth quarter Dude. so it was literally just Jamal Murray pretty much and what's what's crazy about that game and that at the execution and how good he is dude it, it didn't even seem like 23 points no you're just like was... you look up and you're like holy shit dude this guy's got this guy's hit six threes you know it's crazy the dude was hitting not... heat checks yeah it was yeah. something else man it was almost like he was shooting against an oversized rim. It was just like everything he was shooting yeah. was just going in. It was just insane. Mike Malone said he's shooting through a hula hoop, and I think he that's that's the perfect that's the perfect analogy. like kind of metaphor, right? Yeah, yeah. analogy right there is like the dude really was unstoppable. It's just crazy too, because these are also two games that the Lakers could have won. Like none of these games were like one. yeah, yeah, none of them were blowouts. Like I mean, shit, game one, Anthony Davis had like forty plus points and usually when anthony davis is performing like that the lakers win and it was just like yeah the nuggets are just a completely different animal i mean granted both these games were at home for the nuggets but just awesome western conference final so far it's a suffocating start to be for the lakers to be playing as well as they are well enough to at least win like if they were to win those games we wouldn't be surprised right like that's kind of how they played in those games but the Nuggets are just so suffocating. Whether they're up by twenty or they're up by five, it's they're they're playing the same way. I mean, they're trying to put you down, put you under, and they know they can. And it's just it's it's hard for it's gonna be hard for the Lakers to dig themselves out of the two hole like that. Yeah, and yeah. Nik- Nikola Jokic is just playing out of his absolute mind right now too. Go ahead, Mac. No, yeah, it's just interesting because, you know, throughout the regular season, uh, the Nuggets were the number one offense. And ever since the Lakers made all the trades at the deadline and whatnot, they were pretty much like 
top five defense, maybe even top three. So it's kind of like best offense against be- best defense. It's very, uh, and we're kind of seeing how that's working out. You know, there's something to be said playing at altitude. You know, it's like from what I've, you know, read up on it is it's just like playing a normal game, but you kind of run out of gas a lot sooner. So you have to kind of prepare yourself mentally, I, I would I would guess, to be able to make that last push. And yeah, Nuggets are doing it, man. I know. It's, it's, go ahead. Sorry. No, 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 go ahead. I was just going to say, yeah, this is an insane series. I mean, obviously the Lakers, I think they have to take these next two home games. They can't even just split one because I think the Nuggets will win the series if the Lakers lose one of their home games. Um, but other than that, though, I still have, I think now I have the Nuggets just taking the series before I said, I think the Lakers could take it in seven. But after, from what I've seen, I think the Nuggets just have so many more ways to win. They have so many more ways to counter any kind of adjustments that the Lakers might, might make, you know, it's just, I think they're just the superior team. They have so many more ways to do it. You know, uh, Darvin Ham really messed up. He shaved his beard. Oh, and not during the playoffs, too. I know, man. Like that. I th- doesn't everybody believe in this you kind of stuff? You, you can't. can't you, you can't shave that. anything in the playoffs. No, dude, you gotta have hairy clackers. Um, <laughs> yeah, dude. Honestly, I'm just the way I'm looking at it is like the Denver Nuggets have an amazing opportunity to just suck the soul right out of the Lakers. I mean, if yeah. they beat them, they beat them game three. I mean. They're already statistically so in the hole. You know what I mean? Two games down, it'd be really hard for them to come back. But I would really like to see the Nuggets kind of just show us who they are in game in in this game three. Yeah, and game three is tonight at five thirty p.m. Pacific time. Cool. So yeah, that's going to be a fun one to watch. Um, it is at L.A. home, of course. So we'll see if the Lakers can make this series interesting. Like I said. You can you can never also count out playoff LeBron too. I mean, he might pull into his bag of tricks. We might see maybe the best game he's ever had, etc. Starting so. to count him out. I'm starting yeah, to. Yeah, dude. It's because like playoff Joker is just so much different of an animal. Triple doubles and it's and he's making an impact throughout all of the different parts of the game. Yeah. I mean, he's all, he's definitely a presence, but. Right, like I mentioned in that game too. Yeah, like he just—he doesn't have to score to will his team to win. Exactly, that's incredible. Yeah, I mean this this matchup itself could just be very much a passing of the torch. I think uh, Jokic could be the next big star after LeBron if LeBron doesn't do it this year. Two two time MVP at his age, and I knew that game was over. There was a sequence in that game where LeBron took two back to back top of the key free uh three pointers and bricked both of them and i knew at that moment the game was over that the that the lakers would not win and that's something that jokic would never do stars on the nuggets would never do is waste two shots in a row like that for no reason he involved no other parts of the team and you kind of saw like that he tried to take the game over in those moments and couldn't and i think lebron is losing his touch on taking over a game I don't think he has the gas left in his tank to be scoring 50 points and winning his team the game anymore. Yeah, and the Lakers just don't have the team, the overall team that the Nuggets do to support that yeah. as well. So, yeah, I definitely agree with that take, yeah. Uh, like I said, though, I just think if the Lakers, if they if they split these home games or they don't win either of them, yeah, obviously the Nuggets are going to take this series, so. Right, and... and, and uh, so will they Sorry. Hear? 
ahead, Matt. The heat. Mm-hmm. No, it's uh, I think I can't remember if it's in the fourth quarter or throughout the entire playoffs, but I think uh, I think it's fourth quarter. LeBron is shooting twenty five percent from three. So you know, it's like when I think of the Lakers, you know, obviously watched every single second versus the Warriors, and you know, kind of kept up with them throughout the playoffs anyway. It's like when you see Anthony Davis or LeBron James pull up for a jumper and you're Denver, you got to be licking your chops, right? It's like th- those guys have the potential to be like the literal best post players in the NBA. And they're pulling up from three, pulling up from, you know, like a deep two. It's just like, you know, I'm not saying they're they can't do it. You know, they're all stars, but. Use your big body and get in there, right? That's how they did it against the Warriors. They're playing a different game right now. It's kind of interesting to see how they'll adapt for sure. Yeah, but like I said, I think the Nuggets will be... I, the Nuggets just have so many other ways to counter the Lakers, whatever adjustments they make. So, yeah, I'm just going to... I'm going to go with the Nuggets. I think I think Nuggets in five or six, honestly, now. Nuggets in four. Nuggets in four. Ooh, you guys think it's going to be a sweep? Oh, dude, they this game. That's why I said game three is so important. If they take this game, the Nuggets, yeah, it's a sweep. Yeah, I could, I could see it. Just yeah. maybe. I think it's fair. Yeah, I mean, if they if Nuggets win game three tonight, yeah, I think the Lakers will just feel so defeated, and I think I don't think they'll be able to recover. So I can agree with that. Crazy. All right, let's move on to the East. So this is honestly the shocking part of the NBA Conference Finals right now. So the Heat. Win both home game or both away games against Boston in Boston and jump out to a 2-0 lead. Jimmy Butler, a huge part of both games. I am absolutely loving this right now. Hemi Butler. Hemi Butler is him. No, dude, he is. Like I said, I'll say it before I say it again. He's your father. He's my father. He's your father. Max, it's everybody. He's everybody's father. He's everybody's dad. So like you guys saw the Grant Williams and Jimmy Butler oh, like yeah. head dumping thing. Oh yeah. So I think the score was ninety six Celtics, eighty seven Heat at that point. And then what was it like one eleven to one oh six final? Yeah. So that's quite the turnaround. Thanks, Grant Williams. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, as soon as you talk shit to Jimmy Butler, you're gonna activate uh, a, a worse demon than you initially intended. Like a dad, like a dad playing a pickup game at the YMCA that gets elbowed in his mouth and realizes, oh, dude, I played high school. Like I played four years varsity basketball in high school. <laughs> let, me, let me show these guys at the YMCA what it's like. And that's what it's like. He's like a dad that wears crew socks and the sh- too short of shorts. And he kind of gets a little too oh, sweaty, yeah. you know, and he really takes it to the rim on you at the YMCA. That's that's Jimmy Butler. And the Celtics are the other guys at the YMCA right now. <laughs> the other guys. The other guys. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's like uh, it, Jimmy Butler has this I'm way of... start calling the Celtics the other guys. I, <laughs> I absolutely love Dude. Jimmy Butler. I'm glad he heard my raging take, and he's making me look yeah. so good right now. My raging take two weeks ago was that Jimmy Butler would bring his team to the finals and be the finals MVP. So I'm really hoping that happens. I did say on this you. podcast, I did say that the Heat would be in the finals. I said it would be against the Suns, but the Heat will be in the finals. 
for yeah. sure. No, I mean, now that the the next two games are in Miami, I mean, what do we think of this series now? Do you guys have any predictions? I'm going to give the Celtics one at least. So, so he in five. five. Okay. I'm going to say this, this series is going to go down to seven games. Really? But it's going to be the heat. Yeah. yeah. The, the Western conference is going to have about five days to chill. The, whoever wins that. I mean, I think it's going to be the nuggets, but the nuggets are going to have time to chill. Okay. Okay. I don't know. I kind of have the heat in five or six right now. I mean, especially it's the, the two home games upcoming for the heat that have me kind of feeling that way too. I think the, at best case scenarios, Miami takes one of these games, and then yeah, Jimmy Butler, man, I just can't count him out. It's just if you look at the stat comparison for him between the regular season and the postseason, like this guy is just like three times better in the playoffs than he is in the regular season, and it's absolutely insane that it is that way. Let's go Super Saiyan, man. And there's something to be said about the entire Heat team because, like, I mean, you guys watch, right? It's like they get every loose ball they they tip passes it's like every type of like hustle play you can make in basketball gets done on a regular basis by this heat team it is just awesome you know like completely different mentality almost it's like uh what was it against the the knicks the uh, i can't remember who said it was it julius randall or something like that um they, he just said they wanted it more, and that just seems yeah. like the way they're playing. It's completely yeah. true. They're also uh, they're they're also banged up too. They don't have all of their players that they normally do have, and it's just it's working out for them. They they definitely want it more. They hustle more, and these young guys are really loving the game right now that they're playing, and you can see it. Yeah, Gabe Gabe Vincent, nice young guard, playing super well. Just it's just awesome all the way around. Well, like the Heat are. That all the other players on the Heat, man, like if you uh, kind of compare it to a car, it's like a, it's like a not an old beat up junker, but it's like a car. It's like a sleeper car. You put a Ferrari engine into a, you know, just a pedestrian car, you still got a Ferrari. And Jimmy Butler's the Ferrari of the, he's the engine of that team, and he is a top of the line athlete. For sure. And he's got he's hyper focused whenever he gets into the zone. Jimmy Butler is a video game character that has that oh i'm in the zone now i'm gonna i'm going for everything yeah dude steals dude's got six five six seven steals a game blocks assists i mean it's like his his level activity in the game is unmatched and that's whoever he plays he is the best player on either team on the court and Uh, yeah and i think that's what drives him he wants to be that so uh, I'm going to also ask you guys before we close it up here uh, for NBA um, in the eventual circumstance that it could be a Nuggets versus Heat finals. How do we see that playing out? Mm, I think that would that would go pretty deep for sure. Like six, six or seven. Or, yeah, six or seven for sure. I just I, I don't think I could pin a winner. I mean, obviously, I'm going to root for the Heat because of my raging take. But yeah, I still think like the majority of people out there, like just the casual basketball fans would probably just pick the top two seeded teams in the, the Celtics and the nuggets. You know, I like, we, we all pretty much are on the heat side, but people really still believe in the Celtics. The, the oh, other I do. guys, That's why I think it'll go seven. Yeah. So, you know? I mean, we've seen what Jason Tatum can do. Jalen Brown has had moments. We'll see, you know, but that's that's the only thing that gives me pause is the Celtics. 
there they have players but the thing is no one no one expected them to lose two games at home you know no but that's that's it's going to show you what kind of team they are exactly going into miami having to win one that's all they have to win one they need to win two yeah you know so we'll see they got it they got to do something in miami you're right yeah, so uh, game three for that series will be tomorrow, tomorrow night. So that'll be an interesting one to watch. Um, I'll, also, I was going to ask another thing: Has a eight seed ever won the NBA championship before? No, because the the plans fairly new. So no. Well, I, I, meant, I, I meant I, I meant like even before the play-in tournament, has like the the lowest oh, seed ever won. There wasn't eight teams before the play-in that's what i'm saying what was it before it was like 10 right or six it was top six okay I, okay so i guess has the lowest seed ever won an nba championship no, they before? okay then an eight seed hasn't the knicks made it in 99 um and it was the shortened season the lockout shortened season okay so i don't even there's an asterisk on that even all right well, uh, do we have anything else to add about this NBA Conference Finals? I'm super excited to see how it turns out. Oh, yeah, um, I was excited to watch the games for me. Man, I really, I don't know. I just, I want to see more what the Nuggets got, like, really bad. Like, there, I feel like we're in an era, we're watching in a year where this team is incredible. And I don't know. I just, I'm excited to see what they got going forward. Yeah, they very much could be like the blueprint for future franchises. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see that. Kind of like the Warriors on their championship runs. That was kind of like the blueprint for a while. I did want to add in that I think, I well, I believe that Eric Spolstra, the coach of the Heat, is currently the best coach in basketball. You know, no disrespect to Pop. Oh, yeah. Pop, great Popovich, Steve Kerr, the, great, the other great coaches out there. But Spolstra is... He's amazing, honestly. Spolstra learned to be a coach from the best possible person to learn to be a coach from. LeBron James. Uh, LOL. LeBron James. Uh, LOL, dude. And Pat Riley. Like, he got he got Pat Riley and he got LeBron James in his ear at a young age, and I'd agree with you. He's one of the better coaches out there. Oh, yeah. No, I would definitely say he's the best right now, especially considering, like, what he's doing with a young Heat team that are banged up right now and just the way he's getting them to play. It's just absolutely amazing. I mean, if they were still, if they were still giving out Coach of the Year awards, I think he uh, deserves it for sure. Absolutely right. Well, alrighty then. So that wraps up the NBA Conference Finals. Let's take a quick run through of the NHL Conference Finals. Normally, Brian is our guy for this, but I will do my best here. Um, so currently, uh, so both games have only they they've only gotten one game each. Uh, so in the Western Conference, the Golden Knights take Game One. Um, pretty crazy game. I was watching it last night against the Dallas Stars. Um, uh, basically, back and forth game. Uh, Dallas Stars tied it up. Three to three, just before the third period ended, and then the Knights quickly turned around and scored ninety seconds into overtime to take Game One. So that was a pretty good game day. Any of you guys watched this one? I did. I turned it on in overtime, and they pretty much scored right away. So I want—I would like to take credit for this. Um, <laughs> I will be reaching out to the Golden Knights front front office for my payment. You're welcome. Yeah. Yeah, if, I mean, the whole team is just basically 
waiting on hand and foot for your approval and your your eyes to be on the game please watch more um so i nobody's played the knights like that this year dallas i mean we've had games where most of the games i've seen in this uh in the western conference playoffs that involve the knights they're back and forth it's like uh okay so edmonton beats a 7-2-1 game and then we stomp them in the next game but man this this is this was like a pulse pounding thing and the Western Conference Finals are going to – that's going to be – it's going to be crazy. Either one of these teams could win Yeah, just I the mean, way they play. No disrespect to the Stars or anything, but I think the Knights already faced their toughest test in the Oilers, so I don't think we'll struggle as much against the Stars. There might be some moments, but I, I see us comfortably taking this series, whether it be five or six. Ooh, spicy. Oh, winning in six games is taking it comfortably? That's – I mean, compared right. com- compared to the Oilers, yeah. I, I mean, just I was I was, that... I was legitimately worried about the Oilers. Yeah, but the the if you really look at it, dude, the Knights handled the the Oilers. Like they had two games where they kind of got beat, but yeah. they still beat them in six games. Like For that's, sure. and it wasn't like a hotly contested six games. The Knights fucked them up a couple times well yeah I, so, I was i was mainly just talking about the beginning when uh dry sidle was going on that terror once they yeah. figured out how to shut down dry sidle yeah it got pretty comfortable so um so let's move on to the eastern conference finals for hockey so this this first game talk about a crazy game so this one went into quadruple overtime uh, the Florida Panthers w- ended up winning this one 3-2 to two against the Carolina Hurricanes. I didn't actually watch this game, but I was peeking in every so often. I was like, they're still in overtime. They're still going. <laughs> like, none of these teams wanted to give it up. And it was just game one, too, which is absolutely insane. Um, they played almost an extra 80 minutes of additional hockey time compared to the even after the initial 60 minutes. So, Man, they played more hockey in overtime. I know, yeah. yeah. It's, it's insane. Those guys must have been like hands on knees, tired, huffing and puffing. Like, didn't insane. it end at like almost 3 a.m. Eastern time or something? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, imagine living on the East Coast and you're like, oh, still oh watching God. this game. Those guys, were, <laughs> those guys were playing on the East Coast, technically. Like yeah. Florida and Carolina, yeah. they finished playing that game at three in the morning. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's so a, like, it's insane. Keep doing that to each other guys keep, keep doing game. that keep that look over on the east coast keep that y'all. Same energy. Keep, keep playing long games because you get fucked by the tv schedule keep having to start games at 9 p.m you know what i mean and both of y'all both teams get tired enough to play the the knights in the in the standing cup finals yeah no i, you know I, what I mean I, I like that strategy yeah i just want a tired opponent for the knights they deserve it yeah, no, that was absolutely insane. I think, uh, so as a side note too, I think that was one of the longest, if not the longest hockey game in history in the postseason, at least. Just absolutely insane. I believe it. Yeah, so um, so 60 minutes. Plus, I mean, and that quadruple overtime almost went all the way through too. So they pretty much played like, like nearly two hours. Yeah, dude, and hockey intermissions are long, bro. Like, yeah, they're like twenty minutes, twenty thirty minutes. Yeah. That's that's the one yeah. gripe I have about the game. It's like, holy crap, why are these intermissions so long? They're tired, bro. Because hockey is like the one sport, yeah, where it sure. keeps going, dude. It just keeps going. 
Yeah, because yeah, it's like a shift for a hockey player is about 90 seconds on average, you know. Unless yeah, do you guys have got hopped in and hot. Yeah, it's crazy. Pretty nuts. Pretty nuts. Hockey lit. Hockey kind of lit. Hockey kind of lit. Yeah. I, I should start watching it more. It's just, uh, it's, it's like, I don't know. It's like, if I'm going to watch two different well, sports that have a, 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 nor, a abnormal amount of like long games per year, it's like, I don't know. I, I'd rather play stick with ho- Playoff hockey is so much cooler. Yeah, it that, is. that is true. Yeah, I'll give, I'll give it that. I'm the same because I already, I already watch baseball and basketball. It's like, I can't watch three sports where you have like 80 plus games a season and keep up, you know? Playoff Absolutely. hockey. But. All right, so that All wraps right. up the NHL Conference Finals. Let's move on to our NFL news. We're going to go over some major headlines in NFL along with rookie minicamp headlines, and then we'll move on to our mock draft. All right. All right. So first bit of NFL news, uh, multiple reports of various front offices that, that think that Ezekiel Elliott has lost a step. I mean, I would say that was kind of obvious we kind of saw it last year tony pollard was the guy um zeke didn't look as fast on his feet his cuts weren't as good um yeah and he still hasn't been signed yet so i don't know yeah they must be waiting or maybe he's waiting for an injury or something like that uh you'd have to think him and leonard fournette are almost in the exact same boat they just feel like the, the same player to me at this point yeah so yeah very interesting you know it's like just because he had so much hype for so long being on the cowboys and just kind of a fall from grace for the lad oh i mean the cowboys overused him the cowboys really drove him into the ground over his career with to no really avail of championships or wins or anything really exciting um I believe these GMs are just driving down the price on this guy. He probably wants too much, and I think yeah. just they want him. They want to drive his price down, and they're going to sign him probably sometime near like mini, uh, mini camps, training camps, something like that. That's what I was thinking. I was thinking more like preseason, like if once the injuries start piling up, and then mm. he, like Ezekiel Elliott gets a little bit more desperate for a signing. Yeah, I think that's when they'll shoot on him. But as of right now, yeah, he's going to go to a team like the Bengals or like. Someone like that is having running back troubles. I mean, Joe Mixon is in some sort of illegal mud right now, shooting at kids out of his house. Um, yeah, shooting at kids playing basketball. He shot from inside his house. What is going on? Um, but I could see him sign up with a with a contender like that. So I think we should just pump the brakes on that. He definitely has lost a step, though. Oh, yeah. He looked slow last year. Yeah. He's tired. Yeah, apparently. Yeah, I don't think uh, I don't see him as a starter anymore, even if he does get signed somewhere else. It's definitely going to be like a complimentary backup, maybe third down kind of role. Yeah, dude, there's like eight starting running backs in the NFL right now. Like, if you really think about it, there's not a lot of starting running backs. So everybody's a complimentary piece. Um, Even like Tony Pollard, how he's still a complimentary piece to the to the Cowboys. And I could see Zeke just sliding right back on in with the Cowboys, too. You think so, huh? You think the uh, Cowboys will just sign him for cheaper money? Yeah. That would definitely be a Jerry Jones move for sure. Yeah, he loves Zeke, don't he? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he paid him way too much. <laughs> yeah. Jerry, you got me into this predicament. You should have never signed me for all that money if you're just going to cut me, you piece of shit. <laughs> you got me you white supremacist oh my gosh oh god uh, moving right along uh, 
All right, okay. yeah, so moving on. To, sorry, Jerry Jones, but I mean it. Um, so moving on to our next bit of news, um, the Dalvin Cook era in the Minnesota Vikings, is it over? Apparently the Dalvin Cooks or Dalvin Cook was replaced on their Twitter banner for Alexander Madison. Did you guys see this? I did. I did. I saw that. Yeah. I that see is, why. Uh... It's uh it's most I think it's liability purposes. I think he's definitely on his way out, but he refuses he to take a pay cut. They don't want to pay him. It's the writing also, the writing's in the sand, you know. If you're the Vikings too, and if you promote Dalvin Cook on the season ticket hype video and the Twitter banner and you get people hyped for Dalvin Cook coming back and they buy their tickets and they buy all this other shit, they can be like, Oh, you were you're promoting Dalvin Cook and you just traded him away. I want my money back. Yeah, no, I mean I could see the the logistics reasons for not doing that. I mean it's definitely very smart for the ownership to do something like that. This also kind of just touches on that one issue we talked about with the era of the running back like kind of being over. Um, so, we, you know, we got all these talented running backs around. Uh, they don't want to sign them to the big money contracts. We talked about it time and time again. And Dalvin Cook is definitely a victim of that current trend. Yeah, I think he'd be making something around $14 million a year, which is a considerable amount. So they definitely don't yeah. want to give that to him. Yeah, especially for a position that's just uh, like you can just fill it pretty easily these days. I mean, we saw the Kansas City Chiefs win the Super Bowl with Isaiah Pacheco last year, a seventh round rookie. So nuts. Yeah. yeah, and Alexander Madison is basically Dalvin Cook. Yeah, yeah he's he's had moments. He's also yeah. kind of had some fuck ups trying yeah. to fill in for him. So Dalvin Cook has too. I mean, Dalvin yeah. Cook is. Wearing, I believe, all last season, wearing a shoulder bla- shoulder brace to hold his arm in place. So, yeah. Yeah, he refuses to get the surgery or whatever on that one, which has always just mystified me personally. Do we think? Uh, do we think Dalvin Cook goes to another team this year? Oh yeah, they don't. It's not going to work out. He refuses to take the pay cut. I think they're waiting for a certain date, if I remember correctly, like before the season. Yeah, so they're just kind of waiting for something to happen contractually where they can get rid of him. So, yeah, like the, I think that's the fiscal year for the season is June 1st. Like that's where it picks up. And I think if you do a post June 1st cut, some of these players' contracts. They will like basically they'll be freed up of more cap hits. So like the team will take less of a cap hit for releasing him yeah. later. I mean, do you, dead cap. do you see any team paying Dalvin Cook what he wants to get paid if he goes somewhere else? I don't know. He might have to like he'll, he'll probably be put in a position where he's forced to take a pay cut because just no one's going to sign him. No, oh, yeah, of course he doesn't get to make that decision. He can't go around demanding certain amounts of money. And it anyway, I don't think that's really up to like. It gets ran by him, but at the end of the day, it's his agent making these decisions. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, yeah, he's going to have to take... I think he knows at this point. That's why he's refusing to take a pay cut now. He's making them get rid of him so he can, you know, start looking now. Yeah, shop around. Exactly. Who knows where he'll go, but uh, I heard the Seahawks really need a running back. No, they don't. (laughs) Stay away. (laughs) I would have loved to see him on the Bills before they made all those signings. Yeah, that, I thought that would have been amazing. Get the get the brothers going. That would have been cool. That would have been very cool. 
But yeah, no, stay away from Seattle. My uh, Kenneth Walker stocks would not appreciate that. See, I have no idea where he might go. I could see, I guess I could see any team taking a shot like on him. Chargers? But it, the Chargers, yeah, depending on what happens with Eckler. Yeah. yeah there's, a, there, there's a lot of uh, uncertainty going on right now with a few star running backs. It's going to be interesting uh, offseason slash uh, rookie, or training camp. Dude, the Eagles. interesting. The Eagles should just try the to Eagles. The yeah, Eagles. We're, we're so filled up over there, man. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, yeah. Yeah, let's just, let's just throw them in there with uh, Rashad Penny and uh, DeAndre Swift and then everyone else. Yeah, and Jalen Hurts. Let's go. <laughs> throw them in there. I think he would do it. I think he would take the less money on that particular team. Yeah, just go for the the contender. Yeah, I could see that too. Yeah, why not? All right, moving on to our next bit of NFL news. Does Las Vegas have a Devontae Adams problem? The star wide receiver recently was claiming he does not have enough time for a rebuild and he does not currently see eye-to-eye with the Raiders front office and coaching. Did you guys hear about this at all? Mm, yeah. yeah, I've read it a little differently. Is he didn't see eye to eye on their plans for like how they envisioned running the offense necessarily, but it's obviously a work like, in progress. He said Jimmy G ain't it. Well, yeah, but I Jimmy mean, Jimmy G ain't it, dude. He's just mad that he came to Vegas to play with his best bud Derek Carr, and now he's gone. It's like, yeah. Whatever, you know, of course he's going to be a little upset. They're like best friends. You know, my grandpa used to tell me, if you make decisions based on what other people want or what other people are going to decide, you're always going to end up at the, with the shit into the stick. Congratulations, Devontae Adams. You got yep. the shit into the stick, bud. Doesn't get to play with the Hall of Fame quarterback anymore. How sad. Yeah, he went from Aaron Rodgers to Derek Carr to Jimmy G. Yeah, that's just the life of an NFL player sometimes. Do you think Aaron Rodgers is, like, seeing this kind of stuff and it's just kind of, like, cackling in the background? Oh, for sure, dude. He's he's a huge troll. You know, he's very, very petty, too. I'm sure he's <laughs> laughing his ass off right now. Yeah, I love it. Love it. Yeah, um, I mean, so in lieu of all this information, do you guys still th- see Devontae Adams as a top five wide receiver in fantasy this year? Yeah. Absolutely. He's just too good at what he does. You just have to throw it at, in his general direction. Yeah, I think they're going to have to scheme up Devontae Adams with uh, some manufactured touches near the line of scrimmage stuff, like in open space, because Jimmy G is definitely a quarterback that Devontae Adams has never played with. And I don't mean him as a person. I mean his skill set. Yeah. I mean, Aaron Rodgers has got a good arm. He could, you know, he's different, right? And Derek Carr's kind of similar in a way where he has a stronger arm and he can create throws. Jimmy G can't. Yeah, Jimmy G just does not throw it deep like uh, Carr and Mm -hmm. Rodgers do. Yeah, not quite the same. Yeah, I could no. see a lot of uh, run after catch opportunities for Devonte Adams in the offense this year. Like maybe like a lot of screens, some more slants yeah, or happen. slips. You know, the new Michael Thomas slant god, slant god, slant boy. <laughs> All right, no, All right. yeah, I mean it'll be interesting. The Raiders as a whole will be an interesting team just in that division. You know, with the Chiefs and see what the, happens with the Broncos bringing in Sean Payton. 
Chargers, obviously, they are poised to be good again. You would you would think so. I just don't know what the Raiders ever saw in Josh McDaniels, dude. Come on. Uh... Well, the that's what came out like over the you know kind of right after the season ended is like they were willing to move on from him, but they literally cannot because they just don't have money like that. So no, like they're want to move on from him, but he hasn't been racist in an email and it's not that hard to fire a guy without probable cause. Well, aren't the Raiders they are a great organization? Aren't they still in like a financial hole from the Gruden signing? Like, don't they still have to pay him even though he's not on the team yeah, anymore? They have to pay him like a hundred million dollars over the next couple of years. Well, like yeah. whatever his salary was, it was fully guaranteed. Yeah, so I kind of agree with Mac on them not like being in a position to hire another coach, especially with the current contracts they have going on. So they had a good coach in house, dude. They let him go, Basaccia. What the hell's wrong with them? Oh yeah, the that that was a guy that filled in halfway, right? Yeah, and he was your cheap band aid option while you're recovering. Yeah. He was like a raw raw team coach. guy. He was a team guy. He was leading them to wins. Like he actually, that team was. He's a special teams guy, right? Yes, dude. He's a coach of coaches. What? What is it like? What is it about special teams guys that like they're they always players, everything. coaches, and they they just like they yeah they grasp like every side of football. Well, I would say they're do. I would say it's probably because they're like a little bit more humble. You know, they're they they're more appreciative of where they're at currently. Whereas like these other guys, you know, they're kind of just like, oh, I'm the I'm the guy that's in that. Well, can I can I throw something else in there? I I appreciate that. Special teams guys, special teams coaches don't coach superstars. They coach players. So they learn to coach. They're not dealing with personalities. They're not dealing with these guys that don't come to practice. They're dealing with guys that need that practice for a roster spot. Yeah. So exactly. it's a different kind of coach. Okay. Yeah. No, that's a that's a nice uh, little tidbit you threw on there. I like that. I'm sweating uh, right now. I got all the good points. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, wait, uh, Bill Belichick, right? Wasn't he? That's kind of how he came up. Am I am I wrong there? Wasn't he a special teams coach kind of coming into? He was kind of all over the place. Like, I know he was like a quarterbacks coach and he was also like a defensive position coach. And yes, yeah, I don't know. That's just. It just kind of gets it right. Just yeah, another one exactly. of those guys. Yeah. Interesting stuff. Yeah. All right. So moving on. Um. So. Jerome Ford poised to take over the Kareem Hunt role in the Cleveland Browns offense. Uh, is he one of the rookies they drafted this year? I can't remember. Nope. He's been on the team for, yeah. I think he was a rookie last year. Okay. Maybe. No, he might be third year. Yeah. It's like a second or third year. He's an Alabama running back, right? Okay. Jerome Ford. Like Something he was like, like one of those guys. He's good. He's good. But to take over the Kareem Hunt role, which is what? Sit on the bench. No, no. Green Punk got run. Yeah, oh, he, okay. he got run and a lot of pass. I mean, because you know Nick Chubb, he's not the he's not the PPR back there. He he he's not known for his uh, pass catching abilities at all. Yeah, like of course Nick Chubb is the the lead guy. He's amazing, but yeah, he's not a pass catcher. So to be honest i don't know too much about jerome ford he wasn't on any of my radars in dynasty at the time that he came out and i still don't know too much about him so yeah he's been getting talked up for you know around a year now they kind of always said they like him but couldn't really fit him in with kareem hunt there and now he's kareem hunt's gone so and he like super fast yeah he's he's a, he's definitely like a kind of more of a satellite back for sure 
Well, interesting. That'll be uh, interesting for fantasy for sure to keep out for. Um, could be a guy that you maybe draft in the, the later rounds. A stash, yeah, he's a handcuff. He's a handcuff for sure. We'll see how that offense, what it kind of turns into with uh, more Voldemort. Yeah. <laughs> he who shall not be named. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Massage Man. Yeah. Some would guy. say he's a misogynist, yes. Oh, gosh. Oh, oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving oh, on. Uh, so, sad story here. NFL legend Jim Brown passes away at the age of, what was it, 83? Yeah, dude. 87, 83, something okay. like that. Yeah, he's in his 80s. Yeah, so very, very sad story. This guy... Probably top three running back of all time in the NFL, if not the best. He's Dude, also he the like NFL the best. Really? Eight, eight of his nine years playing. Wow. What? He's also literally the best lacrosse player like ever. Really? Which, he played lacrosse? Oh, yeah. He was insane. Yeah. The like one of the first moves you kind of learn as a lacrosse player, it's called like the elevator. It's kind of like rotating the ball like in between your legs like keeping it close to your chest he kind of invented that and just because he was so big you know he had such a big broad chest he just kind of kept the the head of the stick and like cradling it back and forth in front of his chest and nobody could ever get it away from him you know stud that's funny and he was a movie star was he really wow he was 30 he felt he acted in 30 films no way quit football to be a actor oh wow smart yeah, I mean, He's a it, literal it, legend. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you got the charismatic personality for acting, yeah, you may as well jump on that ship. He was a handsome mofo. Dan, he's large, huge, and he was breaking people's face masks and crushing people's faces in through their helmets, dude. Wow. He was breaking helmets. That's why helmets had to be vastly improved while he was playing. He was fucking breaking people's faces through their face masks. He was breaking them faster than they could make them. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. But anyways, rest in peace, Jim Brown, NFL rest legend slash Hall of Famer. Um, moving and on. Somebody asked who that was. Our friend asked, who's Jim Brown? Oh. Google it, dude. Google dude. it. Google it. That's, uh, that's uh, the famous quote among the Salcedo group chat. Who's that? Who's, who's that? that? Who's everybody? <laughs> so, right. That's your mother, dude. That's a picture of your mom. What do you mean, who's that? Uh, Dylan, I'm going to let you uh, lead off this next bit of news because I'm pretty sure you added this to the notes. I did, I did, I did. So what's the what's the deal with the Justin Fields hype right now? I've been watching ESPN because I accidentally didn't cancel my Fubo TV uh, free, free membership. So I got a month of Fubo TV. So I've been watching a lot of ESPN. And I've been seeing, noticing, people are talking about the Bears. And they're talking about Justin Fields. And they're talking about how he's in leaps and bounds ahead of where, where he was last year as a passer, as a, with his knowledge of the game. I don't, I don't believe that bullshit for a second. Okay, I'm a Bears fan. How oh. are you going to come out and say, dude, it's May? Okay, what did he do? What, what did he do? What did he do? Between so- the, when, we, when we finished our last game, going 3-14. and 14. Okay, okay, just the fact what he, he wakes up the next day and... He could just be like, I'm leaps and bounds better now. Get out of here, dude. Get I, I'm tired of hearing positive things about the Bears. I'm it's making me this. too excited. Grinding my gears. Get it out of my face. I want to see us win a couple <laughs> games before I hear about how great 
it's going to be. I don't like it. Would you well, be upset if they were the Hard Knocks team this year? I would be. No, I don't think I'd be upset, but I don't want it. But I wouldn't be upset because if I have to watch my Bears on Hard Knocks instead of watching Aaron Rodgers bitch ass with the Jets, I'll take that. Ooh. Okay. I mean, don't you think we'll that the, don't you think, uh, I mean, yeah, granted everything that you said is correct. Yeah. I, I, Justin Fields was only hyped up last year because of his, uh, running ability. Running. Yeah. Um, but I mean, this, th- this is obviously his last year to cement himself in my eyes. I mean, especially with the, the help that they got him this year. I mean, are you hopeful or optimistic at, in any chance with, uh, what they did for him this year in the draft slash free agency? Dude, of course. I mean, we got DJ Moore. I mean, that's one thing. I mean, if you look at our receiving core, we have DJ Moore, Darnell Perfect Mooney, pairing. Chase, yeah. Chase Claypool. We have Cole Komet. You know, he's an all right. Like, he had solid numbers last year, but he was literally our best pass catcher last year after Darnell Mooney went out. So I think that that's a really our, – our offense looks a lot better. We, we kind of solidified our offensive line. We got a solid right tackle in the draft. I mean, we got a lot of young guys. Tevin Jenkins, our second-round pick a couple years ago, is sliding to left guard. We got good pieces in place. But to be as excited to hear positive things about my team in May after we just had the first pick in the draft, I'm sick of it. I I don't want to hear it. I want to hear about how shitty we are. I don't want to hear about how good <laughs> everything's going to be. I want to hear about how bad the Bears are and how good of a chance we have to pick first again next year. That's all I want to hear until I see a game played where we win. Okay. And that just grinds my gears. All right, that's Dylan Peters, our resident Chicago Bears fan, letting them know <laughs> how it is. Can you tell how jaded Bears fans are just from this whole conversation? Oh, yeah. No, I've known you for okay. years. Thanks. I don't blame you one bit, bud. Yeah. It's bad. Yeah, no, Bears, oh, yeah. Fan, Bears fans kind of Show me just... something. Don't tell me something, right? Yes, yeah. show me. I mean, Bears fans, they kind of just walk around with like a, a dark cloud over their heads <laughs> all the time. You know? <laughs> That's the darkest cloud. It's fucking, oh, it's just in diarrhea from the hot dogs, dude. Oh. But you know, overall, I, I like Justin Fields. I really hope he gets it together this year. I mean, this is, like I said, this is his last year to like prove it, in my opinion. Yeah, so. it's his third season, dude. I think Chicago owes him. Dude, unless he takes a massive step back this year or stays the same, if it stays stagnant, dude, we got our pick and we got Carolina's pick. So one of us could be picking in the top three. If not, we could package that and move up to get a quarterback. But if he doesn't advance this year, if he doesn't advance this year, and I'm talking about I want I'm talking about numbers. Okay. We need over three thousand yards passing, which is asking a lot in Chicago. Three thousand. I need 20 plus touchdowns i need i need some production i need i need you to win a couple games justin we're we're th- this is your third year dude you need to start winning five games a year by yeah, yourself usually you uh another? usually a quarterback's third year is usually when you really see what they're all about so yep this is good it. and bad yep. good and bad all right so moving on um this is gonna be our last little bit of nfl news before we move on to some news from the rookie mini camp so uh the trey lance hype train is gaining steam 49ers staffer says Lance's looked fantastic throwing the ball since his throwing session with Patrick Mahomes. Oh, yeah. The notes say Papa Mahomes. I just want to throw that out there. I'm not um, calling him Papa. Papa Mahomes. Yeah, why? Because they, they beat you guys in the Super Bowl? Um, oh. <laughs> He's not my dad. Uh, yeah. 
<laughs> You're not my dad. Um, but he is a dad. Yes, he is. Yes, and a husband as well to a psychopathic wife. So, um, has anyone has anyone actually like seen any clips of Trey Lance? Uh, I haven't followed Trey I Lance have. too much this off season. I definitely have. I definitely have. He's looking good, dude. And I, I mean, I came into APD, dude. One of my first things I did was trade for Trey Lance. That's our uh, dynasty league for the yeah. listeners. The dynasty league. Well, I'm sure they know this by now. If they yeah. have serial listening. But anyways, but, I traded for Trey Lance. His, I don't get it, dude. Uh, if he comes back in, how is he, how how do they say no? They drafted him because he's a perfect fit in that offense. Well, I think Brock Purdy is actually still recovering from the uh, the injury that he took in the NFC yeah. Championship game too. So, but yeah, I still see it being a QB competition. I kind of look at Trey Lance in the same vein as like Justin Fields. Like they, we both know that. Like we know that they're both very talented. Um, Trey Lance obviously has like more injury concerns. Can't can't seem to play a full season. Um, he's I think this is his third year now too, right? Yes, they were drafted the same year. Yeah, so I think this is Trey Lance's like last year to show something too. He's kind of in the same boat as Justin Fields, except he has a much better team around him. I think he gets a much longer leash than oh, yeah. Justin Fields. He literally played up. one rain game and yeah. like where nothing could really happen and then got hurt five minutes into the second one last yeah, year. I mean, he lost to Justin Fields in his only NFL action. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I don't know. I mean, uh, it's like I like the talent of Trey Lance. I just want to see something. It's just like it's just another one of those things. It's like, oh, let's see if he plays this year. I don't know. Dude, I think if he comes in healthy, he's beating out Sam Darnold. Oh, 100%. I mean, I mean I, I'm not, shit. I'm not going to argue that. I think I don't like Sam Darnold. I'm still and, a little worried about Purdy personally because he got, you know, for baseball listeners or knowers, uh, he got what's equivalent of a Tommy John, and he opted for a repair instead of the full Tommy John surgery. So oh. that could be. It could be interesting, you know. I'm I'm sure, you know, throwing a baseball, throwing a football, a little different, but it could still hamper him coming into the season. So well, that's really the only reason of- I kind of am believing in the Lance hype personally. Yeah, it reminds me of the Russell Wilson finger incident. Like, oh yeah, I the other thing. Yeah, when I listen to doctors say that finger injury takes a year to heal. Right. Like, you'll still be able to use it, but you won't have the proper usage of your finger i feel that way about his elbow Shanahan said that too also about lance's um his finger injury that he had didn't still wasn't right coming into training camp last year so he that affected how he was throwing the ball so now that that's also fully healed he's back to his normal throwing motion yeah and he'll be taking that qb1 uh position he'll be the quarterback for the niners this year and i i i, I just gotta say like i don't know how he doesn't take that job Okay. Things got to go wrong for him to kind of mess it up. I mean, we all love Purdy, what he did, you know, being, yeah. you know, Mr. Irrelevant that made himself relevant. That's so cool. But I mean, from a the, talent standpoint, I really love like the the build that Trey Lance has. He's a big, strong guy. He's dual threat guy. You know, I, I really like that type of player for a quarterback as well, too. So. I just want especially sh- in that offense with McCaffrey. Yeah. And, oh, dude. I just want to no, see it. You don't, you don't know what to defend. If you put Trey Lance at quarterback, you don't know who to look at, dude. Brandon Ayuk is even like gonna kill you in that offense if Trey RPO Lance is there because, City. Because yeah. you're staring at I mean, they could have 
CMC, Elijah Mitchell, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, and George. All Kittle those guys can play quarterback. They'll just no. split. <laughs> they'll just split Lance out wide, dude. Can, <laughs> why true. not, dude? Why not, dude? Yeah, Shanahan thinks. All right, so uh, let's move on from Trey Lance onto our rookie mini camp. So first bit of news from rookie mini camps. Uh, so we didn't do everything possible. You could hear just like some some that we think are pretty. Uh, relevant for fantasy so uh arthur smith from the atlanta falcons apparently has been deploying Bijan robinson all over the field in the offense mm. i mean i'm excited about this i mean we already know that Bijan robinson is going to be very hyped up um i i per i still personally see him as the next ladanian tomlinson he's got great hands runs hard so i think this is very interesting yeah, he's not Cordero Patterson. Arthur Smith, stop trying to be cute. We get it. You want to get him. You want to grease the wheels a little bit. But you got Kyle Pitts. You know, get let's 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 focus on getting Kyle Pitts involved in that offense and maybe, you know, your quarterback shit like that. Like Bijan Robinson. Well he's a running back, dude. Come you, on. You also have to remember though, too, Desmond Ritter is entering year two. I don't think they saw enough from him in year one. I feel comfortable with making this a heavy throwing offense. I still think it's going to be a very run heavy offense. Oh, super heavy. Yeah. It's going to be the number one rushing volume team in the NFL. I'm not going to say so. they're going to be the number one rushing team, but they will have the most rushing attempts. I, I think so too. Yeah. And Tyler Algier was a pretty good rookie running back last year too. I see both of them getting heavily used this year. So it'll be interesting. Frank to London see. looked pretty good also. Yeah, for sure. They have a really good core. Their offensive core is going to be, good it's just going to be can can Ritter not lose these games yeah I think he's going to be the key for the Falcons this year if if he yeah, can the be Falcons if he can be can decent the yeah yeah they could win the NFC South right the Falcons yeah if, if, it, it all comes down to Ritter I think and it, unless Bijan Robinson just absolutely becomes that running back that can just take over games but yeah it's either him or Ritter that has to be the key for this offense the only thing about the Falcons for me is they don't have a lot of veteran leadership on either side of the ball currently. Yeah. So making a deep run and actually doing anything in the playoffs would be tough. Yeah, I yeah, but I could definitely see the Falcons. They have little to no competition in the uh, NFC South. Um, the Brady list Buccaneers. We got what the Saints in a transitional year and the basically the Panthers in the middle of a rebuild. We could be looking at the Falcons winning that division. Yeah, I could see it. I could see it. All righty. Uh, so moving on, Roshan Johnson, uh, Chicago rookie running back this year, making his case for leading a three-headed attack in Chicago. Dylan, you want to lead us off on this? Yeah, so basically what I've been hearing out of any kind of rookie minicamps or um, voluntary workouts is that Roshan Johnson's got juice. Okay. This is what I'm He's huge, is, too. He's huge, dude. And he was the number, he was like a top 10 quarterback um, recruit in Texas, in the Texas Longhorns, um, what's it called? Um, recruiting class. He was a, he was a four star, I think, quarterback, dude. He came in, he couldn't throw the ball as well as the other quarterbacks. He basically played behind B. John Robinson learning to play the running pack position. He wow. has no, he has absolutely zero um, tread. Like he has all the tread on his tires. His, 
His knees are fresh. He hasn't been playing running back that long. And he is a monster. And he has juice. And he's probably going to be the RB1 in Chicago before it's all said and done. That's crazy. You don't really hear of too many uh, quarterback converted running backs usually. That's pretty interesting. They usually go like receiver or tight end, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah sure. but he is. And he has the juice. He is. He pops. That's what that's what the coaches have been saying is yeah. that when the ball hits his hands, he just pops. And I can't wait to see it. I mean, I've invested in him in a dynasty league. I really hope he pans out. But I know Mac. I, I mold that yeah. one over for quite some time. Yeah, I was gonna say I know Mac was like very interested in this guy. I didn't know who he was. Roshan Johnson. Just fun to say, and, dude. If Bijan would have been somewhere else, let's just say he goes to a different college, right? Or Roshan goes to a different college. We could be talking about Roshan Johnson easily as comparable to Bijan Robinson. That's if the kind he, of skills that if he, he has. Gets more run, maybe. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've He's been a... I've been seeing his name pop up a lot more lately as like a very heavy sleeper candidate to be like, like maybe like the next Damian Pierce or something like that. Oh yeah, dude. So. He's gonna crush it. Khalil Herbert and uh, what's his name? Uh, old boy, old boy. We just signed. I can't. He from the Panthers. Oh, Deontay Foreman. Deontay Foreman. Those two yeah. guys, dude, don't have juice. Khalil Herbert's great, right? He's a great complimentary back, but he does not have the juice to take this job from Roshan Johnson. I guess we'll have to see. I'm very interested to see what happens. Yeah, I mean, we all we all love to see the the next big running backs come out. 100%. Yeah. Very very fun player. Yeah. Interesting. All right, so moving on, uh Andy Reid from the Kansas City Chiefs, very impressed with undrafted free agent running back Deneric Prince. Is that how you say it, Deneric? Yeah. That's how I would say it. I like it. So, um, yeah, I don't know much about this guy, obviously, being undrafted, but knowing Andy Reid, he he knows talent when he sees it. I mean, you saw what he did last year with Isaiah Pacheco, seventh-round running back, so. And Jarek McKinnon, dude. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Jarek McKinnon was that great complimentary running, uh, running back to have on a team, and, yeah, Andy Reid just made the most out of him, for sure. Or Clyde. <laughs> yeah. uh, overrated. Ugh. Andy Reid yeah. being impressed, impressed with a running back is good, right? Like, but he knows running, running backs. So, that running back room is so stacked right now. We got, I mean, Ceh is obviously on the way out, but I'd be surprised. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if he makes this team if Andy Reid really likes him, but he might not get any run for a couple years. Yeah, but you know, uh, it's just a slow ramp up. You guys remember that tiny guy from a couple years ago? Oh man. His name is escaping me. I had it earlier. He was the one that was like five foot four, right? I mean, he was short. I don't know about five foot four short, but he was definitely Tree just a Cohen? little guy. No, on the Chiefs. Oh no, I don't remember running back being that small. It was. Oh, yeah. uh, I'm not. Gonna... He played for the Eagles, right? No. He only ever played for the Chiefs, and I don't know what happened to him after that. But he was also like an undrafted guy, late round guy, and he kind of had a little bit of hype, like Pacheco had, but never turned it turned it into anything. Okay. Yeah, whatever. I can't remember his name. I don't know. I still I think it's something to follow. Yeah, Andy Reid's uh, track record with running backs is usually very good. So maybe we'll, maybe we'll hear about Deneric Prince halfway through the season, depending on what happens. Hope uh, so. Yeah. 
All right, moving on. Uh, Colts legend Reggie Wayne, who is now their wide receiver coach, said that Josh Downs was the best rookie wide receiver at the Combine. So I know uh, Josh Downs, he was on a few sleeper lists as well for the wide receivers in this draft class. Um, I think he's joining a pretty good situation too. Um, so pretty much in my eyes, I if everything goes right, I see Michael Pittman as the number one with Alec Pierce at the at the two. And if Josh Downs is actually this good, I could see him being the slot guy right off the bat. I mean, I, I, I could see that. I mean, first of all, though, like Reggie Wayne, please, dude, the best receiver at the combine. What does that mean? Anyways, I, um, I know, I know a lot of people don't see the combine as like the actual measuring stick, but it, it still says something, you know, Reggie Wayne yeah. is a legendary Hall of Fame wide receiver, so. I really do got to give it to him, though. Like, he's supporting his guy. Like, he's on our team now. He was the best one we saw there. I get it. I get it, right? And obviously, he goes into a good situation where he's not. he doesn't have a lot of pressure on him to be a good pass catcher, especially with Anthony Richardson taking over and kind of this being a transitional year for the Colts. Um, but, I mean, yeah, like, Anthony Richardson is set up in a good situation. They have amazing offensive weapons for a rookie. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, they obviously had a down year last year. Matt Ryan was just not the guy. Jonathan Taylor was injured. Yeah, I see the Colts bouncing back a lot better this year. So be interesting to see. Mac, you got anything on Josh Downs? No, yeah, I just keep hearing a lot of hype about him from people you'd want to hear hype from him about. So, yeah, seems like he's got the juice, you know? Hey, he's got the juice. He's got the yeah. juice. He's got juice, dude. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Right. Uh, Mac, I think this was your note that you added in here about uh, Sam Laporta. You want to lead this off? Yeah, so I can't remember which staffer said it, but um, they s- said that he was easily the best player on the field during the Lions rookie camp. The Sam Laporta, the tight end, high draft pick for the Detroit Lions, um, even beating out, I think... They Mike, took a, a linebacker. Mayer. Huh? Oh, I thought you were saying he beat out uh the Michael Mayer. No, he beat uh he beat Jack Campbell over the middle. Oh okay. yeah. Oh wow. Like yeah. he beat their so, first round uh, linebacker. Yeah. Uh exactly. So he's taken it to another high draft pick that the Lions took. It caught the most passes, most touchdowns, all that stuff, playing really well. Okay. So and uh, Jack, them. Jack Campbell's like a good coverage linebacker too, right? Uh, I guess so. I mean, I don't. Sure is. He's rookie he's linebacker. supposed to be. Yeah. Okay. I yeah. like Sammy Laporta. Sam Laporta. Sammy. Jimmy's kid. Jimmy's kid. Sam. <laughs> Jimmy Laporta. He was fucking. He was Laporta. the best over the docks. Um, but they need but a yeah, Hawkinson dude. replacement, right? So that's oh, why yeah, I think this need... one's interesting. Well, I do think that. What's up? Go ahead. I was going to say, from what I do know of Sam Laporta, the one thing that he was very hyped up to be was a very silky smooth route runner and just like basically just uh, the pass catching tight end you'd want on an offense like the Lions. So I'm excited for it. Yeah, I think he's got real steady hands. Think like maybe Hunter Henry coming into the league. Okay. Yeah. Oh, man. If he's catching touchdowns like Hunter Henry, I want him a part of my stuff, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like it. I do like him. I think the Lions are going to be a high-volume passing team this year. Um, they kind of have shown that they want to sling it, and they, they trust Jared Goff. So, And those first six weeks where Jameson Williams is out and they're kind of down a pass catcher a little bit, 
think Sam Laporta could make a name for himself. Oh, yeah, and the Red Zone sure. especially. Uh, do we see him starting right away? Who do they have at tight end right now? Uh, I don't think the Lions have like a very deep like pass catching yeah. like room at all. So I think uh, I think I could see him starting. Okay. Do we have anything else to add before we move on to our mock draft? I I nope. don't have anything else to add about uh Jimmy Laporta's kid. <laughs> All right then. Uh so that was it for our NFL news and rookie mini camp news. So now we are gonna move on to our way too early NFL fantasy football mock draft. Uh so this is gonna be a one quarterback PPR league. Um, so we're only doing eight rounds. So we're just going to fill up the skill positions. Um, just give everyone a good idea of what the average draft position is for most players in these uh, early rounds. Um, the way we're doing this also is, so there's three of us and we're going to have AI do the rest. Um, so we're going to have Dylan start off as our very first pick. I'm going to be in the middle at the the fifth spot and Mac is going to be our anchor man. So, okay. Sorry, I have to cut you off. I've been desperately looking for that guy's name that I couldn't remember. Darwin Thompson. You guys okay. remember him? I, I remember Darwin. the name. Yeah, I remember the name. So yeah. only reason is because he's comparable to Daenerys Prince. Continue on. Sorry. Okay. Thank you, sir. Yeah. So anyways, like I said, we're, we're, we're the three of us, we're going to give you each like an idea of what it looks like to be the first one drafting, be in the middle round middle of the round and be the anchor man so obviously first first overall pick is the most important because you get that you get the first player before anyone else does but then the downside is you don't pick for a very long time after that middle round is kind of like that sweet uh balance and then the anchor man is also equally as important because you pick very last but then you immediately pick again and so on so just wanted to give you guys all the different viewpoints of a fantasy football draft and our idea of where we rank these players. So, um, are we ready to start this? Yes, sir. All right. So Mac will start and then Dylan will start and we'll just talk about these picks as we go on. All right. So I'm just going to go ahead and make this pick. So, so being as this is my first, mock draft of the season it's a way too early one i feel like it's the perfect time to see how my team will kind of fill out uh choosing justin jefferson at the 101 i like that yeah i think Love that's it. I, I think that's like the safest pick you could make receivers are coming on up at the in the higher ends of the f- first part of the drafts like in general it seems like people love to go running back historically but that seems to be kind of switching around right yeah i mean yeah. I, I i think justin jefferson is the most safest pick you can make too because this guy is pretty much a guarantee to get you 1500 yards a year double digit touchdowns yeah and like big games when you really need it the most yeah exactly. i mean this guy's catching this guy's catching multiple touchdowns uh okay. all the time and man i just gotta tell you he's such a stud man yeah so before i before stuff. i make my pick at the 1.5 here let's talk about what the ai did after dylan's pick so uh second second overall was christian mccaffrey followed by jamar chase and then cooper cup so just as mac was saying historically it's always used to be running backs were drafted first most of the time but now we're seeing a run of wide receivers these days they seem to be the safer options to pick over running backs especially now that running backs aren't like the focal point of an offense anymore so um but so now me 
Yeah, now Very me being here, them. I got kind of a decision to make here. You got a lot of good choices, right? Here I, I do. At the 105. You have an embarrassment of riches at this particular spot at the 105. Yeah. Uh, Tough decisions. I know, it, it, it really is. Um, So I'm going to take Tyree Kill. I'm going to continue the wide receiver run here. Uh, I mean, I like... Continue I like, the trend. Yeah, I like Jonathan Taylor. I like Austin Eckler, but it's just... Just what I was talking about. Wide receiver seems to be safer. I'd rather get that elite wide receiver right away. And I gotta Love tell it. you, oh wow, oh Austin okay. Eckler at the one hundred eight, dude. That is like times are changing. That's crazy. Times are changing. Yeah, so. ADP has Jonathan Taylor ahead of him. So following up, Kai, it goes Travis Kelsey, Jonathan Taylor, Austin Eckler, and then Derrick Henry. And now it's on me at the one ten. What do you guys think about that? Uh, I think it's good. I mean, I think uh, the spots that Jonathan Taylor and Austin Eckler landed at, I think they could very well be in spots to where if you get them that high, they could very well make your year still. They could make you happy that you got them that late. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I got to tell you, for a roster composition, Team 8 here, Austin Eckler, 108. When it comes to roster composition, getting a guy like that that late, along with Jonathan Taylor, Derrick Henry, and the 789, right? You turn around and you have the opportunity to make your team immediately a contender with this next day. You acquired Austin Eckler in the Dynasty League, didn't you? I did, dude. And it was one of the best things I think I've ever done. I love Austin Ever. That was an amazing trade for you, I must say. I've been wheeling and dealing. Dude, you're that guy. You're that Uh, guy, pal. Also, just a note to the audience really quick before Mac makes his uh, back-to-back picks. We will be posting these results on our Twitter afterwards, too, so... Nice. Gander. All right. Yeah. So I'm having a tough time here. I don't love the running backs. It's running through my thought process. Like the, I would probably, you know, be okay with Saquon Barkley here. But like I, we were kind of saying, is I'm thinking about moving away from everything that's going on, like the normal. So I'm going to go this Ooh, okay. and oh, wow. this. That okay. see that right there. That's that's hot. All right, uh, let's talk about what Mac did here. So he went Stefan Diggs back to back Devonte Adams. So immediately he locks up two top ten wide receivers. Um, yeah, I really like that a lot. And like he was saying, yeah, the running back depth after the the first four guys drops off significantly. So yeah, I love that move for Mac. Yeah, that's a good way to construct your roster, especially picking last. So that's like the best case scenario. Immediately after those two picks that he made, it went Patrick Mahomes first QB off the board, followed by Saquon Barkley, CD Lamb, and then Josh Allen. So we already have two QBs off the board in round two. A little high for a, a competitive league. Probably would not take quarterbacks this early. Maybe yeah. they would. But in all the leagues that we're in together, which is a few for sure, I don't think any of our players within those leagues would take a quarterback this early, right? It's not out of the realm of possibility that a quarterback quarterback gets chosen in the second round. Now, two quarterbacks chosen in the second round, I think that's just based off ADP and the fact that we're doing a mock draft with seven computer like CPUs. So... I'm sure this is like not out of the realm of possibilities of happening, but 
that's what that's what we're gonna roll with at this point i think yeah i mean there's always that one weirdo who does something like really strange and in, in a draft always <laughs> yeah, <so. laughs> yeah and like also just, just for fantasy purposes i mean choosing a quarterback in the second round is not a bad idea if you are drafting on the turn or you want to stack which is uh, a receiver and a quarterback from the same team if you have that because I've seen the Kelsey, Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes stack work out in my favor to win a championship. And I've seen a couple other stacks work out. So if that's your strategy, choosing a quarterback on the turn is actually kind of a good idea. I don't hate Team Six's team so far. Travis Kelsey, Josh Allen. Yeah. Yeah, not bad. All right. So now I'm on the clock again at the 2.6. Um, so here I'm kind of in a conundrum. So now it's like, you got the next tier of running backs available here along with another top wide receiver. It kind of just matters what I want to do here. I know if I don't take a running back right here, I might not get a chance on one of these tiers of running backs again. So I'm going to go with my guy here. Uh, I'm going to take Josh Jacobs. Nice. That's beautiful. It's kind of crazy that he fell that far to me. I would, uh, yeah, especially considering instead of those quarterbacks going. Yeah. I, I see. I foresee him going, much, much earlier than that. Yeah. yeah. I don't like yeah, Derrick Henry nearly as much as I like Josh Jacobs at this point. Well, Josh Jacobs really exploded on the scene last year. He'd been there for a couple of years, but he's still very right, young, too. Great. That's the thing. Yeah. Like he's young and he's getting a lot of volume right now. And for him to fall to that, that spot right there, which is crazy because this would have been a reach last year. Yeah, at two six. Absolutely. So yeah. it just shows you, like year by year, the guys that ascend to descend. Exactly. For sure. He um, also helped me win a championship, so maybe I'm a little biased. Yeah. Uh, so right, before so, Dylan makes his pick, yeah. um, so after the Josh Jacobs pick, it went AJ Brown, Dalvin Cook, and Amon Ross St. Brown. So, and I gotta tell you too, damn you, team two. Like Amon Ra was on my list for one yeah. of these picks on the turn right here. I think adding team him two. A team two is a piece of you know. Piece I of like their there. team now too. Now he did that. Sorry. Yeah. I would yeah, have loved just, Amon Ra and Justin Jefferson though as your we two uh, wide receivers. Oh. oh man, that's what I'm saying. So I am sitting here. I'm looking at all these. I'm looking these at a couple guys. running backs: Nick Chubb and Najee Harris. Like neither of those guys move my needle. Um, when it comes to picking right here, um, I'm looking for, I'm looking for like high upside. Yeah. Um, just kind of like t players are going to, so many different ways you can here. go here. Yeah. There are so many different ways I can go here. And this is like, um, I don't know, dude, I'm kind of hurting on this one, like what I'm going to do, but I'm kind of feeling like. I need like hot pipe. So I'm going to go ahead and take this guy. I think he's going to have. Oh, okay. You're the rude person I've ever um, So I'm going to go ahead and take a high up guy here. I'm going to go right here. So okay. I'm going to add another pass catcher. PPR machine. Yeah. Um, and now I'm kind of in a conundrum because I don't pick for a while. And I have no running backs on my squad. I think now I'm kind of getting forced into something yeah, maybe he, here. He might be forced to take a running back right now because the, the tier after this is probably going to be a lot worse. It is. It is. And I think with all, the, with all the PPR machines I have on my team right now, I can really afford to add a workhorse of a running back to my squad that's going to really hold down my RB1 spot. All right. I like bang, it. Bang, bang, boom. 
Like and it, getting, like it. oh man, getting Nick Chubb at the 301. I mean, talk about a dissension, a guy that was perennial. Well, first rounder, top, yeah. First rounder, just falling but, directly in my lap. I'll take it all day. Yeah, it's a great start for so, the first three picks. So Dylan goes Jaden or uh, Jaden Waddle and Nick Chubb, followed by Najee Harris. Team three takes Jalen Hurts. Mark Andrews is the second tight end off the board at the 3.4, and now it is on to me at the 3.5. I already know who I'm taking here. Um, so current ADP shows this guy best player on the board, and he actually is my favorite wide receiver in this tier. Love it. No, Love well, it. I was, yeah, if so, I was going to choose a, a wide receiver, I was going to go all in on wide receiver with T. Higgins. Yeah, so I took T. Higgins at the 3.5, and then uh, that pick was followed by Travis Etienne. Joe, Joe Burrow is our fourth quarterback off the board. Kenneth Walker, the third, 3.8. And then Debo Samuel at the 3.9. Yeah, I just wanted to say I'm a simp for T. Higgins, so that's a great yeah. pick. Yeah, he, he was on my uh, he was on my roster last year in a, a redraft league, and yeah, he did really good for me. All right, so something, you know, kind of like how uh, Dylan was kind of forced into something here. I think I'm also going to have to add to my running back room now. And I like this guy quite a bit just because of uh, the potential. So I'm going to go Tony Pollard. Okay. You know, maybe some other guys in this other, you know, in this tier that can maybe be valued higher than him. Maybe. Depends on where you're at. But... Yeah, there's. I would like to possibly add another running back. I just don't love them. You have so, a couple here you could choose. Running a back couple. Wise. A reach. You yeah. you have a you have a reach here, but yeah. there's a guy on the board I'm looking at right now, right now. Yeah, he's maybe a little further down the list. A little uh, further down the list, but shouldn't be. But shouldn't be. You know that what? Be, that's the thing. About maybe you're forcing my hand now. Don't let me force you. You know what? Strike, strike it from the record. Objection. <laughs> where's, where's Judge with his bat? <laughs> we need Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge. Big that bat gavel. I mean, gavel we're kind of we're, we're kind of at this point in the drafts where oh, you might have to reach a little bit because just ADP, I in my opinion, doesn't always get it right though either. I mean, I have a feeling that um, Dylan and I are in, are on different wavelengths. Is the the funny part here? Yeah, I mean, there are a couple guys down the list that are gonna that definitely, you know, come on, DeAndre Swift. But are we are we really saying he, you know, he's gonna be the guy in Philly? That's what that looks like, and I don't think he is. All right. Well, just for fun, here we go. Ooh. Oh, we were definitely on different wavelengths. Definitely on different wavelengths. Okay, so Mac took uh, uh, Mac took Tony Pollard and J.K. Dobbins back to back. Yeah, so this is what we were talking about. Uh, J.K. Dobbins, he had to scroll down the list a little bit past the current ADP. Um, J- J.K. Dobbins, a lot of upside though. So I would this that's probably a pick that I would have made too, just based on upside alone. I'm a believer in J.K. Dobbins because he looked good on one leg last year. You know what I mean? Like, oh, and he was gas, dude. He had no gas in the tank. Like he was we all remember that that game against the Steelers, where he gets the runaway play, and he's literally just like running with one leg, and the other one's just kind of like dangling in the wind. And 
It's it looks like Greg Jennings. Uh, but there. if you go look at the you know the stats, he's still juking people out like crazy. He's still looking like a top tier running back on one leg. I I love this guy personally. He's on my dynasty team. I like this guy. He's he's a guy. You know, he's a guy you like. Yeah. All right. Guy you like. So those two running back picks that Mac did were followed by DK Metcalf at the four point two. Joe Mixon. Wow, what a the, steal! I know that that I think that's a steal too. Yeah, the fact that he fell this far. That's another guy that I think should have been ranked higher in the initial ADP. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, Joe Mixon at the four point three. TJ Hawkinson is our third tight end off the board at four point four, followed by Keenan Allen at four point five. Can I ask a question really quick? Yeah. What's up with Team 8? What are they doing? Oh, wow. God, I didn't even know what are they doing. Are you Smitty? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this, this is, is uh, Perrine. <laughs> so, yeah, Team 8 over here with four running backs. I mean, this is uh, this is just like AI choosing four running backs based on ADP. Yeah, so obviously, obviously in your real draft with actual people, you're probably not going to see someone do this. So just keep that in mind. Also, always be ready for any curveballs in your draft. You might have somebody that's really stocking up on running backs, especially if you have four flex, uh, two running backs, two flexes like we have. Yeah, that's true. But but then again, you're missing out on a lot of good wide receivers. You are. All right, so me here at the 4.6, I kind of have a decision here myself. There is a guy that I really like for upside alone, and there's also one at running back that I like a lot too. It's just the decision of which one do I pass on and hope that he's there at the next round. But I'm going to go with what my bold prediction was during one of our NFL episodes. Nice. Still Damn you, that. I was thinking about him actually instead yeah, so, of uh, Dobbins. So, so yeah. I, so I took Garrett Wilson at the 4.6. I said earlier this year in one of our earlier podcast episodes, I think Garrett Wilson is going to be a top 10 fantasy wide receiver this year with Aaron Rodgers in the fold. Oh yeah. Definitely. It's a perfect pairing. I like that a lot. Yeah, so I, I just ah, yeah. It's just a lot of upside. Like I went for the upside pick. Like I knew I could have just oh, taken yeah. another running back right now, but I'm going to go with what I actually think is going to happen this year. Yeah. So first way too early mock draft. We're testing the waters here. I yep. like it. So now Garrett Wilson 4.6, Aaron Jones at the 4.7, DeAndre Swift at the 4.8, and then George Kittle at the 4.9. And now it's on to Dylan at the 4.10. Dude, team two is killing me with these snipes. Um <laughs> so I just gotta say, uh, so Mac, uh when you picked uh JK Dobbins, I thought you would for sure pick Aaron Jones. Really? Oh, it's because he failed me so badly in which league was it? Was it in Champions Coalition? Yeah. I just don't understand the production he has to put up year after year to get some respect. I'm a believer in the talent. Let me not, you know, say spit in his face like that. Anyways, it's it's Matt LaFleur. I see see him in the same vein as I see uh, Dan Campbell in terms of their running backs. I see that. Yeah. Disrespect. Yeah. The disrespect is there. So. What I'm looking at here is I got many options. I mean, I have tons of options here to bolster my team up, and I'm drafting on the turn, so I get two straight picks. So I'm going to go with someone else with some really – this guy's the the biggest ascending player in the NFL right now, in my opinion, and I don't think it's going to stop anytime oh, soon. Yeah. 
that that pretty much to me i'm looking at my receivers and i gross i love it i love how good the receiver core on this team is ppr machines all of them and i'm like still sitting here still sitting who who am i gonna take on my squad right i have a litany of injured running backs i just uh, there's only one choice to me but i won't say there's only one choice to me, and this one guy I'm hoping falls to me. Yeah. I know that. <laughs> it's like this guy has an injury question mark around his whole life right now. Life. But I'm gonna go ahead and take a shot on a guy who can hopefully come in and be fully healthy with for me at the end of the season. Help me win a championship. Ooh, yeah. Okay. okay. All right. So Dylan. Dylan follows up uh, his Devontae Smith selection at 4.10 with Brees Hall. Yeah, I like the Brees Hall pick. Yeah, obviously some injury concerns, but super high upside. We saw how good he was before he went down last year. As far as ACL tears go, it was reported to be a, a cleaner one, not like someone liked Javante Williams, who had a like a very, very nasty, like he tore up that knee bad, yeah. right? But Brees Multiple Hall is just... Yeah, this gross, gross stuff. Very painful. Well, you know, obviously it's an ACL tear. It's not good, but it was, you know, apparently reported to be a little bit of a better one because it's just the ACL. Yeah, I so, like I like that as an upside pick, especially in the fifth round. I think that that's like one yeah. of those picks that could end up being a steal by the end of the year. My take on fantasy has always been your RB2. I think RB2 is the least valuable of all of the positions on your, especially now, like if you can get an RB two, that can average you 12 to 15 points a game. I could build a roster around that. Yep. And if you can have an RB two, that can score you 25 points in the game. You're winning your cup. Yeah. Depending yeah. on your roster construction. You know I've what I mean? I've always had really bad luck with my running backs in fantasy in general, not just dynasty with injuries. Mm-hmm. So I think that's probably why I reached, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's got their own strategy, though. So um, after those two picks, we have Justin Herbert at the 5.2, DeAndre Hopkins at the 5.3, Javante Williams at the 5.4, and now it is on to me. So the guy that I actually wanted fell to me, so I'm going to take him as my second running back, Ramondre Stevenson. There you go. go. Ramondre. I'm I'm actually kind of surprised he fell this far. Plenty of opportunity. Yeah. Wow. We just had a big receiver run after that, so... Michael bing, Pittman, bing, boom. yeah, Michael Damn. Pittman at the five point six. I think that's pretty good value to get him at. Uh, Chris Godwin, wow, that's a far fall too. Terry McLaurin five point eight, also another nice player they can get in the mid rounds. And then Chris, we o- wanted one of any of those guys. I'm yeah. so sad. <laughs> and then Chris Olave at the five point nine. So teammate finally took a wide receiver. Oh man. Crystal Lavi at the 5'9", dude. That's like that's one of the steal. steals of the draft. Yeah, that, that is a big steal. He's going to play with uh, over, like not too great of a quarterback, but an overly competent quarterback that can feed him the ball. Man, Crystal Lavi is about to, I think he'll blow up. Yeah, me too. It's going to be in a decent spot for sure. Love that. So, yeah, I was very determined to get like any one of those four guys that Kai just mentioned. So I'm a little sad, kind of scrambling now. Um, This guy I've, all, I've been a perennial hater of, but the opportunity, the quarterback upgrade. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Yeah, Uh-oh. Here we go. this is happening. 
Amari Pooper. Oh. Yeah. Uh, I uh, mean, gross. Smitty would be jumping for joy. <laughs> yeah. He's the, he just keeps doing it, dude. I don't get it either, but whatever. He's, he's on my team now. <laughs> and then this guy. The opportunity. Oh, yeah, I, I like, like it. I like that okay. a lot. All right, so Mac follows. Uh, Mac does his back-to-back picks. Amari Cooper followed by Miles Sanders. I like the Miles Sanders pick, huge upside at six point one. Um, followed by Mike Williams at the six point two. Mike Evans Ugh. at the six point three, and then we got Alvin Kamara at the six point four. Talk about another guy who has descended, a guy that was perennially a first rounder most years, and then James Conner at the six point five. Nuts, and I like James Connor's opportunity. Like he doesn't have much competition over there in Arizona, and with Kyler Murray out to start the season, he's gonna get a lot of run. He's gonna win you some fantasy games, I think. Oh yeah, I definitely think so. With those that touchdown equity, like his goal line work is unprecedented. Yeah. He's looked good. Can't knock it. All right, uh, and you so... know what? Alvin Kamara is a league winner at six oh four. If he can yeah. pull it together, if he's not suspended till the end of the season, or if it's really put off like that, the Duke could really come in. And I mean, to get Alvin Kamara as your RB two in the sixth round is nuts. It's just yeah. the legal issues, right? Yeah. So middle of the sixth round, I think I'm gonna jump on my opportunity to get a tight end before they start falling. Um, I know who he's taking. Oh, uh, here we go. <laughs> See? I knew it. So I took I took Dallas Godair. That was kind of a homer pick. I mean, Godair. yeah, Godair. Probably not someone I'd take in an actual draft. Although I do think he'll have a fine year. I mean, it's just there's no more good tight ends left at this point in time. It's always a wasteland. Um, there's a few guys here that I could have taken instead, but yeah. Hey. Uh, so Dallas Godair was followed by Lamar Jackson at the six point seven. Then we have DJ Moore at the six point eight. Jerry Judy at the 6.9, and now Dylan is on the clock again. I gotta tell you, man, his daddy named him Dirt, and you know it. Um, go dare, go dare, go dare, stop it. Um, all right, so I'm looking here, like, I have a prime opportunity to get what I think is the last possible quarterback on the board that can be the QB one this year, but I don't know if I'm going to do it. Okay. But I think that might be my best opportunity. But you're thinking about it. Yeah. I'm definitely thinking about it. And honestly, I just want to see, cause it's nearing the end of this draft. I think I'm going to do it. I think I'll just do it. There you go. Yeah. Um, that is a guy right there that showed us last year. He can, Homer. sorry, he can know he can pop off and <laughs> score you a heat 40 points. Yeah. No, yeah, he was winning. He was like the sole reason I won any games after I lost Brees Hall in one of my leagues last year. Yeah, exactly. So Justin I'm just drafting another guy with huge upside. Has all my picks so far except for Nick Chubb, my safest pick. So, and Justin Jefferson is he is upside. Justin Jefferson. Now this right. kind of this pick perplexes me. I don't. Yeah, know do you go tight end pick. here and f- fill that out, or what we're thinking here? I don't really see a tight end that really moves me oh, too much, yeah, except for Darren not, Waller. What maybe. about your needle? My needle has remained untouched in this round so far. Um, okay. Fair. But I guess, like, if I'm going upside here, 
Ugh, God, this is this sucks. This just sucks. Wow. Okay, this is like the round that I that I really hate. But I guess I'll take somebody that I think is gonna. He could possibly come in and and be a league winner, I guess. Ugh. Apologize, guys. Just give me a second. I gotta wipe my ass. Um, it's all good. I would like to add oh, something okay. in here. Go ahead. Keep talking. Keep talking. Kind of surprised. A uh, guy we talked about earlier still on the board. Uh, top running back taken in the draft. Little Bijan Robinson. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh wow. That's this obviously hasn't been updated. Yeah, I mean, this is this is what we were talking about with ADP. There's going to be a lot of guys that are not represented correctly. And yeah, oh, that, wow. surprised, I'm surprised at myself for forgetting, you know? I I think we're just going off ADP here, and I feel like this would just be so cheap. But now that you've said something. Do it, dude. I don't care, dude. Why would you do that to me? Now I feel like this pick's not mine, but this pick's mine. <laughs> Take him, dude. Yep, Bijan. That's so bad, dude. I feel so like such a. I'm a so unprofessional. I mean, it's not a bad pick. I mean, it's a. You I, are so unprofessional. I think dude. realistically, okay. in a draft with real people, I could see someone taking Bijan a lot earlier than the seventh round. Oh, oh I think absolutely. He's Top five round. rounds. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, easy. I almost feel like we should just cut this and redo the whole draft. Nah. Redo the whole draft. <laughs> All right, so after Bijan Robinson, uh, Calvin Ridley at the 7.2, David Montgomery at the 7.3, Cam Akers at the 7.4. Hmm, and I got some decisions here to make. Uh, it's either do I go for a quarterback now or sit, wait till the later rounds because quarterback is kind of a deep position. Um, I'm going to go with this guy, Damian Pierce. That's a solid pick. Yeah. Wallet. His injury wasn't even bad last year. No, I don't think it was either. Um, yeah, so I, I I think he's a good player, good upside too. He was clearly the focal point for a weak te Texans offense last year. So, all uh, right. Well, I want to take some fun rookie players, but I'm kind I can't actually because I have to fill out the whole roster here. So. I'm going to go T-Law here. He really came on strong at the okay. end of the year. What's your last pick? Uh, and then got to take a tight end. Uh, they all stink. Uh. <laughs> yeah, we'll just go Darren Waller. Just, you know, he's a nice player. Dude, he's uh, the number one pass catcher in New York right now. Yeah. Is that, that's good, right? Okay. Yeah, that's All right. good. All right, so Max's last two picks were Trevor Lawrence and Darren Waller. That was followed up by uh, Dalton Schultz at 8.2, Dak Prescott at 8.3, Deontay Johnson 8.4, and Juju Smith-Schuster at 8.5. So now this is my last pick. Um, obviously, I have to go quarterback here. And th this is a benefit to waiting this long for a QB. That I still think there's plenty of good quarterbacks left, a lot of high upside. Um, See the guy that I'm gonna pick though is, you know what? I'm gonna take Kirk Cousins. I I see him continuing wow. to have a big year. Yeah, not yeah. Tua. You don't want to stack Tyreek Hill with Tua? Oh, huh? No, not one more concussion. Tua's done. Okay, but it's a redraft. It's a little. I, I kind of. I want the guy that's throwing Justin Jefferson the ball. I'll take that. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I'll, I'll, I'll let you have it. 
I can't oh. I can't sway you otherwise now. Interestingly enough, after Kirk Cousins, Team Four took Ezekiel Elliott at the eight point seven, who's currently not signed to a team. And then we have Pat Fryermuth at the eight point eight and Tyler Lockett at the eight point nine. Damn he fell that far too. That's crazy. Yeah. That That's great value for Team Two there. They're finding a lot of good value. Yeah. Team two's on it. Now we're on the Dylan's last pick, which is gonna be a tight end, so let's see who he likes. It has to be like a tight end. Him. Well, I mean, just for filling uh, out your roster's sake. I mean... uh, oh, God. Okay. So, I just want to say this. Like, I, just, say just, I, I would pick I would pick Christian Watson here. Okay. So I would Watson. pick Christian Watson on my team. Okay. I would pick Christian Watson or Isaiah Pacheco. Lots of opportunity. Those are the two guys. Um, but just for, just for format's sake. Uh, just for format's sake. What are we looking at here? Oh God! Oh Bob! Well, this guy was really, really super productive last year, and if I have to fill out a, if I need a tight end, I'm gonna pick Evan Ingram. That's good. Okay. And that is not my pick. That that would not be my pick. That's not not a bad one. It's okay. We're not upset with you. And just like Bijan Robinson would have probably been like the 106 if we were drafting in a real draft, but he goes in the seventh round, so. All right. Uh, right. So yeah, that was our draft. Um, let's take a let's take a quick review over each of our teams. Let's just name who we got. So uh, me, I have Kirk Cousins as my quarterback, Josh Jacobs and Ramondre Stevenson as my two running or my first two running backs. I have Tyree Kill and T Higgins as my t- first two wide receivers. I have Dallas Godare at the uh, the tight end slot, and then my two flexes are Garrett Wilson and Damian Pierce. Nice. I like that spot. I'm not sure about the Kirk Cousins pick, and if that's how you want to see it, like, hey, I want the guy that's throwing Justin Jefferson the ball. That's. I mean, he's not. He's not a bad QB. He was number six last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. I just liked the Tua for the stack. I've always, I've never really gotten to do a stack with like a great player like that, so I thought it would be fun. It's more of just but, like, uh, but I don't hate you for it. It's yeah. just a head injury that scares me off of Tua. Uh... Eh, I guess. But, yeah. All right, uh, Dylan, let's let's look at your team. Oh, I got Justin Fields as my QB. Um, I feel good about that um, going in. Like, could be QB one, right? And then I got Nick Chubb and Brees Hall as my RB one and RB two. Feel really solid about that. Those yeah. guys can be league winners. Uh, Justin Jefferson and Jalen Waddle is my two receivers. I love mean, that. PPR machines. Yeah. I absolutely love Disgusting. that. I got Evan Ingram as my tight end now. He's not a terrible tight end. And in a real draft, I've been known to go tight end in the first three rounds. So this was just something different for me. I'm not sad about it. And uh, I got Devontae Smith as my third receiver, which I feel great about. And kind of an asterisk on my last pick at uh, Bijan Robinson. Yeah. You're welcome. Uh, or as my as my last flex, Bijan Robinson. I like which that Which I'm squad, sure wouldn't though. be on my squad. He wouldn't be on my team, but I'll take it. Yeah, that's no, a good squad. All right, to wrap that up, for me, I have Trevor Lawrence at quarterback, Tony Pollard and J.K. Dobbins as my starting running backs. My starting receivers are Stephon Diggs, Devontae Adams, Darren Waller at tight end, and then my flexes are Amari Cooper and Miles Sanders. I like that too. Yeah, you got some good wide receivers. I like the upside on your running backs. I feel like mine's 
well balanced. I mean, you know? for for picking tenth, for picking tenth, I think that's a pretty good best case scenario for the team you've constructed. Yeah, and like Dylan said, I probably wouldn't have, you know, taken some of these guys so early. You know, would have. I like to wait a long time for quarterback. Yeah, like, same here. Almost till the end of the draft, still. So. Yeah, obviously North. things would go a little different in a normal draft, but we're just kind of playing the ADP game, so. And it was way too early, and I'm sure later in the off season we'll do an updated mock where there'll be more people involved, oh, yeah. maybe, and also Bijan Robinson. Will be yeah, probably. maybe we'll, we'll, we'll do a super flex. Maybe we'll do one where we're all on the same team making the decisions and yep. something like that. Yeah, we got some ideas in the works. Yeah, for uh, later on when the preseason starts getting rolling and you're a little bit more sure about the outcomes. Absolutely right. But yeah, that was our NFL mock draft. We will be posting the draft board on Twitter the same day that we release the episode, which will be tomorrow. Um, before we wrap up the show, I think, uh, Dylan, you have a raging take for us today? Yeah, yeah, I'll, t- I'll, I'll do a raging take. I, th- I think um, this is your first it, one of the year. <laughs> okay, I don't know how raging this is, but um, just talking about it on the podcast today and kind of getting an idea, thinking about the Falcons offense. I believe they'll have two thousand yard rushers on two. their squad. This okay. Two? Two. They'll wow. have they'll have Bijan Robinson and Tyler Algier, who okay. both run for a thousand yards. How about Whoa. that? I don't know how raging that is, but I just thought about the possibility. That's pretty raging. Of that. And it's, I, I it's hard to get one, so yeah. I think That's they'll have stuff. two. And I sh- I think with the just the amount they'll be running the ball, it's super possible. I did not know you were an Algier truther. I mean, he did Welcome it last year in an, in an inferior offense, I believe he did it. And I think that this year they've gotten better. And I don't think Bijan can carry that whole load yet. I I like it. I love it, actually. That's a yeah. good one. And you, you you also said that the Falcons would win the NFC or could win the NFC South. So I guess I could count as your raging take, too. Yeah, let's just uh, go on there and say the Falcons surprise the NFL this year by winning the NFC South along or because of the rushing attack that they have. Okay. Yeah, I like that. All right. right. That about wraps up the show. As always, if you have any questions, concerns, or any takes you'd like us to read on air, our DMs are always open at any of our Twitters, or you could send them to our email at ragingtakes at gmail.com. Next week. Not sure. We'll we'll probably wrap up. We'll probably finally get close to wrapping up the NBA and NHL conference finals before the championships for both those respective sports. Probably have some more baseball news. I'm sure we'll get some more uh, rookie mini camp news, some more zany headlines. And Brian will be back from his vacation, so I will be handing the hosting duties back to him. Absolutely right. So to get the Twitter handles and all that, it's uh mine is at it's macbra i t s m a c k b r u h. Kai is r t p Kai. Brian is Montana Sauce, and the the podcast Twitter handle is Raging Takes. The email is ragingtakes at gmail dot com. Yep. And to my co-host Mac and Dylan, thank you guys for being here on the show with me today. Hey, I'm I'm glad you guys had me on again. I always enjoy it. Of course, man. Yeah. All right, you guys. Thank you guys. Raging Takes signing off.